0: Hello, and welcome to the Dad and Sons podcast. Did you miss me? I'm back with my bad opinions, but bigger smiles.
1: Hello, fellas. Hi. Oh, boy.
0: <laughs> the stuff I could say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna <would> keep quiet. <laughs> it's nice to be back. Thanks for having me. Mm.
2: It's
1: good to see you again.
2: You're back on the epic lawsuit day Oh
1: god I don't know I don't know I'm a little scared
0: Alright we're making a hard fast rule Never ask me for my opinion ever again
3: (laughs) About video game developers Uh oh (laughs) I think my Nope I think everything just shut down You hear that? (laughs) The
0: FBI That. I, I did. The
3: FBI finally contacted Matt. Ha, let it
0: let was me just
1: like a high pitched why. Was the fuck was that? Why?
3: I think the power just went out, but my battery backup just turned on. Hold on.
1: <laughs> I hear it screaming back there. It sounds like you you're doing surgery on it or something. Save it, Matt. We, oh, we shit, don't need yeah. what is complications we can, for the operation. We can see
0: the illumination now of the background for the first time ever. I see a door fr- It's actually kind of creepy. I expect like He Baron- really
1: does look like Shinji's dad. We
0: are keeping this in the show. We're not getting rid of this. This is gold. <laughs> we have returned. Yes. We have visual on the visual. Yes. Yes, I'm here. Shinji's dad is in the building. He has power again. <laughs>
2: Powering those EVAs. Oh my god! I'm looking at the outline and, and unfortunately, like realizing, did no one watch Mortal Kombat again? Wait,
1: I've I've watched half of that movie. I haven't finished the other half I didn't because watch I don't. It. I don't I, <laughs> no, because we i were because I don't we think talked I, about it. Th- we can do this next week. God.
3: I was going to say, okay, you guys can talk about it because I just didn't watch it. I was watching fucking, <laughs> I was watching My Hero uh, Academia dub again from the beginning and Invincible.
0: I was watching Ted Lasso and having a better time and Invincible.
3: Yeah. I didn't want to watch a mediocre I'll talk movie. about Invincible. I, there's there's not a limited amount of time on the weekend. You know what? i want to watch
1: it. <laughs> I swear it. It was you guys' idea. No, I thought I, got, I was catching up Liam, with t- a few t- words. A copy. Look, I,
0: <laughs> I started watching it. I got halfway through and it was late and I just haven't returned to it. We will get there. It's not anywhere near as good as any of the TV I'm going to talk about yes, today. Exactly. But we'll get there.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's video games, right? The most important biggest well thing, i don't know i could bread. i could
0: pretty much talk about yasuke and yasuke pretty much is a fucking video game anime
1: i was gonna watch that yesterday but played video games instead oh no Matt,
3: have you watched yasuke oh i will be <laughs> i will be <laughs> all
0: right yeah maybe maybe i'll save i don't know if you want it uh, yeah i won't say anything about yasuke
1: now that
3: that'll I'll be definitely something watch else you we before about. next week for sure
1: all right yeah yeah I can't wait to watch Yaskay. Yaskay. Yaskay on Netflix, the internet flick service.
0: (laughs) Can I very briefly jump into talking about the fact that I finished Invincible today? Yeah, And I know Matt's talked about it already, but I just wanted to confound
2: that Matt was
0: entirely right.
2: I don't know what a superhero is, so this is yes. your guys' realm. Please tell me.
0: I'm not a fan of, like, American comic books and stuff. I never really have. Marvel and stuff like that never really has interested me greatly. But
1: this. But, yeah.
0: gotta, gotta throw it out there. Yeah. Dad of the Year, Omni-Man. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Dad of
0: the Year. <laughs> He's winning my Dad, Dad Award of the Year this year. Oh, my
3: God.
0: Yeah. If you haven't watched Invincible and you plan on doing so, don't listen to this because you will. You don't want to. You don't want to. But it's it's a pretty straightforward show. You know where it's going. It's a it's coming of age story. But it's fucking great. It's brutal and emotional and great. It's great. it's very very fucking good. I was entirely surprised just how gripping. Even though you know where the story's going, right? You it's so easy to tell, right? But you're like, wait a second. Mmm, there's more to this in all of these different things. It it's it's brilliant. It's, it's very, very, very good. Yeah.
3: Every episode has you like,
0: huh? Uh, huh? What? Wh- oh, and you're like waiting. You're like, when is it gonna happen? I know, yeah, I know it's gonna be revealed. I know it's gonna be revealed. I know that son of a bitch is a bad guy, but when and then why? Why? Man. And it was as it was what I thought it was. It was literally. Vegeta Goku, like it was, ex- <laughs> it was exactly the same plotline as as the Saiyans,
1: which I respect. Wait, Really, they're space pirates. No, it's pretty, more like the more like the Galactic
0: Empire. As I said, don't listen to this if you're not watching it because I can't. I me and Matt have seen it. Spoilers abound. Yeah, because uh, it's yeah. too good. I
2: don't know. Watchmen didn't have any aliens.
0: I like. I, I don't know about you, man. I I knew it was going to be something like. He was sent here for world domination,
3: and then he fell in love with human. Wait, wait are we spoiling it for George? George, do you care? Uh,
1: uh, George is never gonna. That's right. George I, is I, never
3: I, gonna watch anything.
0: George, George will get one. I, I watched
1: Mortal Kombat. I literally because have a huge games. page of notes because it's video games. But that directly sure. answers the you question of George. You never watches
3: anything. The, the video game. Book. <laughs> you did read the. You did read that's the how Doom book. How dedicated you are! You, you're you're dedicated to the games. Dedicated to the games, George.
0: You're a you're a gamer with a capital G. Yeah,
3: yeah. But G for gamer. outside that 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 little circle, that little video game circle, a little small little dot. <laughs> George has the blank lick.
1: <laughs> no, go on, go on. Continue. What's outside the dot? There's tell, so tell much, much outside, what's outside the, the dot, dot. George.
3: You have to stick your toe out and see if it's warm once in a while. You know
0: what I mean? You're going to watch Yasuke, but I will admit, I think Yasuke is pretty video game inspired. You guys will know what I mean when you watch it. Mm. You straight up will be like, oh, yes, these men play video games.
3: All I can see is Afro Samurai, and I welcome it.
0: No, no, don't, don't even, don't, like.
3: Pause. Don't
0: <laughs> just just watch it
3: first. <laughs> Wait, was Afro Samurai about that no, guy? No, no, no. Me- meaning Afro Samurai is like one of the Afro Samurai is good though. I don't know. Like I wouldn't say the is it the only. <laughs> like I don't know. There's not a black lot of- character in anime <laughs>
1: <know>. that isn't, <laughs> <laughs> isn't a racist stereotype. Yes. yes, yes he is. Yes,
2: yes. but he I mean, does he have an Afro synopsis. He's
1: like he's named
2: Afro, so. Well, uh,
1: it's Samuel L. Jackson, it's Samuel as well. Jackson
3: as well. Like it, 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 it was. It's definitely. It, what did it? It wasn't made by a Japanese studio, was it?
0: Was it? Uh, I can't. It, it was produced by a Japanese no, studio. Looks, yeah, yeah.
2: Wikipedia has a bunch of Japanese names in the credits. Directed by Fuminori Kazama. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, produced by Koji Kajita.
0: Yasuke, although, however, not written by really? a Japanese studio. It is made. By the Attack on Titan studio, studio Mappa.
3: Oh made yesky. interesting. So as you can tell,
0: the animation is a bit geary geary sometimes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Wait, did they fuck it up? They're doing a new animation style? fucking hell
0: they're doing the
3: netflix style you know the blend into 3d sometimes but no. some unknown reason. oh my god what are they doing but you'll get that. you'll you'll watch so it good. they're so you'll watch it look now. we're detracting
0: from the fact that In- invincible is fucking amazing and i forgot i was watching a saturday morning cartoon
3: <laughs> like the most brutal saturday yeah, morning cartoon yeah. i've ever seen now that's that that's animation. And I loved now it. I loved it. Oh my
0: god. That that is animation. And I uh, love that they lean into George ears if you care. Oh, he does care. Intriguing. I love that they leaned into Omni Man basically being the biggest brutalist piece of shit ever. Like he's literally
3: space dude, Hitler.
0: It's awesome.
3: Dude, the train.
0: Dude, the train.
3: <laughs> the tra- yeah, the yeah, train. The train. You knew what was uh, going to happen once he, he's like, oh, you, I'm going to make you understand. And it fucking yeah. holds him up. When he, when he said
0: oh. his mother is a, a pet, and you're like,
3: oh, oh, damn. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. because I mean, he's lived for a very long time. But, like, I, I, so, like, I don't know. He put, he put a lot of things to perspective.
0: I thought he was going to say something like, I've had eight wives or something already. Yeah. I thought he was going to say something like that, and he's like, "I have thousands of children, and you are just one insignificant speck." But wow, it was very, very, very good. I...
3: Yeah, it's it's season two. It's going to be quite interesting. Hopefully, hopefully he starts lifting weights because Omni Man is way bigger than him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, just like when he's punching him, like oh, he's like he, he looks so his face is so contorted with anger. Yeah, like he like Omni Man is scary,
3: like scary. I, I, you got to give it up to the voice actors, man. The voice actors were on point, man. J.K. 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 Simmons, Simmons, man, fucking,
1: get me those photos of Spider Man. Like it's so good. He's so
3: good. <laughs> Oh, man. And uh, the Walking Dead guy has come very, very, very far.
0: Gotta respect Robert Kirkman. Yeah.
3: Heck yeah. Robert Kirkman. Fuck me, what a what? show. There's another Walking Dead guy on there? That is the Kirkman, isn't it? Talking about Steve. Sorry, George. Talking about Steve, man. Come on. Steve? Yeah. He's, he's, he's Invincible. Let me see. Him.
0: Oh, yes. But Robert Kirkman is the guy who wrote Walking Dead and Invincible. Wait, what? The the yeah, comic yeah, books. Yeah. You're talking about the yeah. comic
3: books. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. What? Robert Kirkland, he's the guy who made Invincible. He's gonna make sure it doesn't go the way of the Walking Dead. <laughs> I don't <bet. laughs> even know if there's a new season. <laughs> I certainly hope not. I, I I've totally forgotten about it. I've completely forgotten about it. Let me see. Is there a new season?
0: Dude, holy shit, this has been going on since 2002.
3: My goodness. What? Invincible. The comic? Yeah. That means just we could skip if we wanted to. I have no idea. It's been going on for this I long. I think a lot of people are going to skip, but I think I'm going to wait. I think I'm going to wait. I'm not going to watch the, I'm not going to listen to the manga. I mean, um, read the manga. I thought it was like a new thing, but I guess not. There is eleven seasons of The Walking Dead, so it continued. I guess Daryl as the main character. No, I, I mean, I, holy shit!
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I meant like Invincible has been like a comic since two thousand and two. Yeah, that's crazy.
4: Yeah, this. Oh, wow, it might have finished. Might have finished
0: already. It's very, very good though. It's very wow, good, yeah. wow, yeah. Okay, George, we'll bring you yeah. in. Get back in here, buddy. Come on, George. Come on, George. Come on. George <laughs> Is he on another tab and he can't see us? Because he doesn't have his headphones on and he can't hear us. George!
3: <laughs> Hello.
1: George! Hello. Hello. Welcome back. Were well, you reading another
2: tab? I, um was was reading through the outline i briefly cupped my headphones back in for just a second and heard matt say he, he, he's invincible so i assumed you guys were you know still at it <laughs> that wasn't a spoiler don't worry oh so it's not a spoiler that he's invincible
3: you should you should you should yeah, i i i don't know i don't know if it's your type george i don't, i don't know what is what is your type george what is your type other than like Anime high school type stuff. I know you
2: love that stuff. Oh gosh, I, I love getting bullied on the podcast. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really love uh, uh, having topics that that, that it, I, uh, I was talking about get, anime get kicked out of for spoiler but... warnings. Okay. Oh it, oh, I thought you were just talking about what I love about life in general.
0: <laughs> that is an interesting question, though. Like, what is it that you look for, George? Because we know some of the stuff you like. Th- ther- Romai. You know, Butter and Jesus. Yes, yeah, right, right, So, like, start anime that has, like, existential questions. Like, what what is it specifically? Because Invincible, I think you, like, I kind of think it would be your thing. And then I also think you
1: would tune out pretty quickly. So, it's very hard to judge. You know, my thing
2: is, is, is over the recent years, been documentaries, right? Like, the, yeah. the most excited thing that me, Mr. Everything Has to Be About Video Games, was talking about on the podcast a week ago, was the Pepe the Frog documentary. I like weird documentaries. That's what I like. I like documentaries with beautiful footage that tackle weird subject matters that uh, do, do an elegant job of explaining some fun facts that make the world make more sense. That's So
3: no fun, basically.
2: Ah, dude, I'm old. Fun <laughs> just I... doesn't feel as fun as it used to anymore. Log-diminishing okay. returns kicks in.
0: Can I re- can I recommend something? Fun. Can I recommend I've something to fun. both of you because I think it's very important in the the. I've had my fun. The year of our Lord and Savior, twenty twenty one.
2: Right. I am so exhausted. It's legitimately hard. So
0: this is why I want to perk you up. Okay, Invincible. You can take it one way, the other way. It's kind of a kind of a downer of a series, ultimately, really. But, and I think it's really important. I, I don't want to avoid the opportunity to ask you guys. To watch Ted Lasso.
3: Oh, I thought you went going see Shadow and Bone. All right, let's see.
0: No, because I have no idea whether I'm enjoying that or not.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've got a knockout clue. Like, that's just another Netflix thing that's out right now. We're we, we doing TED Talks now? We're doing TED Talks. I want to specifically talk to you about one TED, right? And this is a bit hard because you have to sign up to Apple TV to watch it, which is absolutely balls. What? Why would you want to do nope. that, right? So, th- so I, I, I took the plunge because I wanted to watch this series because I heard a lot about it. And I also want to watch Mythic Quest, of course, which is uh, Mac from uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia's new show that's about like a video game wait, studio. Wait, wait,
2: wait, hold up, hold up. Did you just complain about a show being on a service that you're finding inconvenient. I'm just joining
0: j- the crowd, George. I'm just pandering. To, sorry. I'm continue, pandering continue. to
2: the audience. I'm pandering to the
0: audience, <laughs> but I just want to, because I won't take up too much time with this because it might not be everybody's cup of tea, but Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis seems like a great guy. Great actor, right? Ted Lasso is a kind of pseudo feel good comedy series about an american high school football coach from kansas soccer who goes over to who goes over to no football and then goes over to england american rugby to become a soccer football coach of a team in the premier league the highest league and he gets unraveled and embroiled in the local community in England, where, of course, soccer means so much to them. But he is the most optimistic, most positive man in all of existence, in every character, goddamn fiver of any character I've ever seen. And that show makes you feel good. Like, it gives you hope that things will be all right. Honestly, it is a show essentially built around sports, but there's not really anything in it. But it's just a lot about character interaction with this one optimistic man from Kansas,
2: who just downright is a lovable character. How can you be optimistic and also from Kansas?
0: Well, he is, and I don't know because I'm not from America, therefore don't really understand Kansas stereotypes. Nothing's
2: cornier than Kansas.
0: But I've got to say... Ted Lasso surprised the shit out of me. Because one, I thought it was going to be super cringy because it's about soccer and, you know, that shit is hard to pull off to Brits. But it is so positive. It is so overwhelmingly feel good. And it really gives you, like, a big smile and almost a tear in the eye after every little episode because it really is quite a positive thing. And I think if you're looking for something that is more upbeat is a bit more positive compared to, you know, the world right now and all it's the things that are going on. It's very good. It's beer. very highly reviewed. Jason Sudeikis is fantastic in it, and Ted Lasso literally feels like a real person. Like, if and he he could easily cheer you up on any day. I, I'm I'm loving it. I haven't finished yet. I've watched six episodes of it. I think it's brilliant. I really am enjoying it. And it makes me feel really happy, like optimistic. <laughs> it just does. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy listening to him. He's a fish out of water. You know, it's that stereotypical fish out of water story where he hasn't got a clue what's going on in the UK, but it's really good a really well acted. Um, so if you want something that is more light and feel good, almost like a slice of life anime, I highly recommend Ted Lasso. I'm really enjoying it. You don't really have to give a shit about sports, like, at all. It's good. Good shit. That's it. Damn. Welcome to my TED Talk.
3: Ted Lasso.
0: And it was filmed entirely during COVID. Fair play to them. They did a good job.
3: Oh, damn. No math.
0: <laughs> it's very damn odd. It. But you can see because it's very tiny sets, very close sets. Um, it's a hell of a time, though. I really enjoyed yeah. it. It's, um makes you feel good, man. <laughs> Smells like potential.
3: I want to ask you something, Liam. Yes. I'll move on to games here. Ooh, when does Persona Three get good? When you turn it on? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Like Persona four and five, like there's like urgency there's there's a reason why you're going in the dungeon there's There's something that there. is a story unraveling. What?
2: In
4: three,
3: yeah. at least in the first part, there's nothing happening. You got to go up the tower just because. And then there's, like, you see, like, the people, the sunken people around and supposedly you fixed it. But, like, that's pretty much it. There's, like, and, and that's, like, into the game. Like,
0: nothing's... You've got to remember, right, Persona 3 is, like, this bridging gap between, like, the Shin Megami Tensei series, right, and the first two Persona games, which were really bollock hard and and kind of similar to what Shin Megami Tensei was going for. It didn't really have this whole dating sim bit, yeah, it didn't have, like, this, uh, you know, the, the, the... the extra flavor that the Persona games get known for now, right? You can't have a Persona game without all the extra social link stuff. But this was like that first time, that first experimentation right. with it. So the kind of, I think, if you go backwards from five and four, you're gonna have maybe a harder time liking Persona three than you would if you just
3: played it. Had to be
2: there,
0: but almost like you had to be there. It's it's a different game for sure. I think. Um,
3: but so so what you're saying, there's no. There's no, like, engrossing story. It's just kind of plain compared.
0: There is. is, I don't know where you're at, but there is. It's more of like a mystery than it is like a straight up, like, character story. You know, Persona 4, you know, it's about the characters and then it gets to the mystery. Persona 5 is like about the villains and then becomes about the characters and, and stuff. It's kind of a mix. Whereas 3 is definitely about what the mystery is and not necessarily what the team characters are. They have great characters like Mitsuri and like you know what's his name boxer dude Yusuke, right? And then you got Junpei, really great characters. But um it's definitely more about the mystery, and you only really get into the mystery like literally like thirty hours into the that's game. What, that's what I'm saying. That's really what I'm got saying. into and the like, Where? How where many what hours? am I doing here? Like, there's yeah,
3: there's nothing going on.
0: What was the number? Like I, it's gonna be at least thirty
1: hours when you really start. Oh stalling. my Shit. god! Yeah, I'm with George. I misheard you. Yeah, I know. I'm not. I'm not defending it. I'm not defending but it. You I'm said not, it was
3: your I'm favorite not,
1: one. I like, you know, it's, it's a look. It's a silly internet meme joke to say a game gets good yeah, thirteen yeah, hours in. Good. <laughs> look, thirty hours. Look, like, it gets, like, like know, whoa! whoa, 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 whoa. Well,
0: it, it gets good what? from a story standpoint. 30 hours in i think the game is good from the beginning because one i like the combat system two i think the music's dope the music is dope. three i like the i like the visual style in that game i like the blue and the greens and and i love the invoker like the way you summon personas in that game is the (laughs) sickest it's it's (laughs)
4: probably the best the sickest shit Shit. shooting your head off i still remember i still remember
3: that when i was in high school i was watching that and that's what i remember and like persona 3 it's
1: the
0: first Yeah, it's the first Persona game I played. The suicide game. I I have like a special hot, like a a soft spot for it, right? I was going to say hot spot, but especially as I remember when I played it, it it was my first year of university and in the month where I just moved into my university house and I had a month before my lectures started, my classes started. And I just played the Beatles Rock Band of Persona 3 <laughs> the entire month. And I had a great-ass time. It was awesome. And it was, like, a game I'd not really played before. I'd never played the Shin Megami Tensei games. I'd never really played, like, kind of non, let's say, Final Fantasy-style RPG RPGs, right? Like, we'd all played very similar JRPGs. Square, let's say Squaresoft and Square Enix-style JRPGs, right? Yeah. This was, like, one of the first ones I'd played that was different and i thought it was dope i understand why like now people who love the persona series who maybe started after persona 4 golden came out you know going to five and seeing all the quality of life improvements and seeing how much especially in persona 5 how much they took what people loved regarding the social links and like the actual teenage characters and then in five they're like all right well we're gonna go like full-on 60 hours dungeon 60 hours social links and it's literally like two entirely different games right but persona 3 is definitely more about the mystery of the story and i've got to admit it's probably not that good of a mystery it's full of betrayal and reveal okay and, and, and stuff i'm
3: stopping no there's no way i'm taking <laughs> that many hours in oh my god i want it, you know i was like in the beginning you're like ooh, intrigue oh i wonder who's who's bad and who's good and and then it just kinda of falls off. And I was just like, what happened? What happened to all the little yeah. anime cutscenes and stuff? And it's not that it gets terrible, but four is better in a way. And five, of course, five is of course better. Um is good as well. Because like when there's a day off, there's something to do. There's people blowing up your phone. There's always something in this game, like it's more on the side of grinding and persona is grinding in general, but like it doesn't feel too much like grinding, grinding for stats and mm. cause there's always people to hang out with. There's always other side stuff. There's repeating dialogue in this one. There's, there's a lot of things that are not like, not up to the quality that they have now, which I'm not going to say huge, it's huge for Persona games, but it's definitely pretty up there with four. I, when I beat four, I was like, holy shit, this is, this is why people like this game. And it makes me want to mm. play Royal, but it's not on fucking PC. Um, <laughs> I want to play fucking Royal. I'm going to buy it on PS4. I'm just going to buy it. I'm just going to, I can't wait. What are you playing three on? Uh, emulator. Uh, okay. Emulator. Yeah. Cause like it, there's the, there's two versions. There's the the FES, and there's the f. Yeah, that's that's the better one. Yeah, and then that there's has the more P3P. story. Yeah, <laughs> there's a P3P, which is like a visual novel type thing, but it has some like really good like.
0: Is that the
1: PSP one?
0: Yes,
3: yeah, PSP one, um, Persona 3 Portable. It's a remake of. Yeah, and you have like a uh, a different route, like a female route, and
0: you have that in oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. not the rope not the robot girl.
3: And you could control your other teammates. In this one in Persona 3, you can't control your teammates. You could only give them like oh, yeah. you can attack oh, you can this specific command. target. Or you can heal. Yeah. Like that's It's different, it man. Is, it's rough, dude. I'm not gonna say it's, it's bad. Different, dude. It's, it's not bad. It's just it's just it's... beginning phases type shit. You know, it's just like, oh, okay, yeah. they haven't figured it out yet. Four is when they figured it out, and then five was like full blown, like, <laughs> woo! yeah there are a reason why right it's i look at the persona
0: series and like the yakuza series to be almost like identical in how it took one game that made changes that may help western people get into these games and then all of a sudden people retroactively go backwards and play the games and they're like oh, oh okay <laughs> wait, wait, yeah wait, was
3: it but there is a reason was why people
0: didn't like no it was zero yeah yakuza yakuza
3: zero. Zero. okay yeah zero was yeah, yeah.
0: okay yeah yeah and it was like as soon as zero came out right there were people who liked the series but same with persona right but it wasn't until like a, a specific game that had like quality of life yeah. improvements and was maybe less resistant you know a lot of western people played persona games since like yeah, Persona yeah, One, yeah. right but I in terms of well. the large scale mass right we consider yakuza and also persona to be triple a series now right so those quality of life improvements definitely go a long way to helping people just Continue to stay stick with the game. Persona 3 doesn't really have any of those, and can be brutal. I played all the way through Persona 3 on hard mode, got to the last boss, and couldn't do it with a friend. And hard
3: mode? Oh
0: no! Yeah, it, it was it was stupid. It was like no. 140 hours. No, dumb, no. University students, man, they got too much time on their hands. No. <laughs> Should be studying instead of
3: grinding <laughs> <No>. <laughs> in Persona 3. Oh, So you, uh, you gotta swap grinding out and then play the story together.: Pretty
0: much. I mean, he did most of the work, to be honest. I just kind of watched and was like, mm-hmm. Grinding up those social links That music's so good
3: though. Oh my God. It has like this like weird so good rap tone to it, like with lo-fi. It is very lo-fi hip hop, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's quite nice. It's like if um New Jeans did it or something.
0: It is a little like that. Yeah, for sure. It is a little up that alley. It's like it's like Tokyo hip hop, Sh- for sure.
3: Stretching the voices and stuff like that to make them sound like yeah. deep. Um yeah. I, I cuz I I think they're they're Japanese people making the It's not black people, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think they're samples, mostly. Uh, I think the voices are samples. But yeah, Japanese DJs, I think.
3: Oh, DJs. George, did
0: you play Persona
1: 3?
3: No. Oh, no. I, I gotta guess that. <laughs> Where he, no, he bought Persona 4 for me, and he hasn't played it. He bought it I for did me. did play it. <laughs>
1: he bought it for me. I played it for like 15
2: hours.
1: That is a lot of time, to be fair.
2: Yeah, and and back back in the day, everyone was also always trying to get me to play Persona Three too, and and it's still really it was the really same situation. No, that's not Dude, the game. I've for always you, that, for been sure. friends with Persona fans.
3: Holy shit! Yeah, I think you'd have a real tough time with three. Yeah, four, you could get through four, but
2: it's a long game for you. Well, this was back before those games out persona Mm. 3 was the gold standard of the time everyone was telling me to always play through persona 3 up until midway through persona 4's lifespan and then around the time persona 5 came out I'd ask the question of I don't know guys the persona series seems really long and intimidating should I still be starting with three around the time five came out is when people were like "Nah, you don't got to go back to three yeah because I (laughs) You,
3: you don't.
1: Yeah. I love it, but you don't,
0: and I wouldn't play it again. I would watch someone play it for an hour, and I'd be like, "Yep,
3: yeah, stay where you belong." I, I in my memories. I think I got my investment in. I'll I'll chalk it up a wasted time for the podcast. <laughs> I'll chalk mm, it up like, because I I don't think I'm gonna go through that because like that, if that's what it is, then because I was like, oh, "Okay, once I beat the first boss, that's when it." That's when it gets there. Nope. It was just, it was just, oh, I guess we did it. (laughs) And I was just like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. (laughs) You got to be fucking kidding me. Like, I don't know, before it, oh, man. Yeah. It makes, it it really made me want to play Persona again. It's that hole, that RPG hole. I can never fill it. I can never fill it, guys. Every time I look on Steam, I'm just I see shitty games everywhere. Did you guys talk about Near Replicant last week?
0: Is one is either of you playing that, or we just passed? Okay, well,
2: I started. I did. Why aren't you playing it? I mean, I would. Would you call it an RPG? It might could be a Matt game. I feel like Matt might like it.
3: No, probably not. Probably not. I don't need to see girls in in bikinis and shit.
2: No, near near replicant's not a girl in bikini game its yes, it a, is. Ooh, Don't know about man that oh, in a wasteland
3: game.: I'm pretty sure it is. I watched a video of a guy like constantly putting the camera down. Oh,
2: you're talking about Kaine, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Kaine's pretty gratuitous. But yeah, I it wouldn't it's go not that far. like you're you're playing as her throughout the whole game, like in in automata.
0: Well, everybody will be happy to know I'm playing that right now and I definitely won't finish it, but I'm having a good time.
2: <laughs> okay, so what, what, what did they I change? Because when I saw the
0: trailers, like, I thought
2: it would look fancier. My only,
0: like, near experience, like, of course, Automata, like everybody else, right? But I never played the original Nia. But I did, however, stare at that box art of Daddy Nia. <laughs> Yes. When I worked in a game store Daddy near. for Daddy like two years, I worked in a game store while I was in university and I, I would stare at that box art because I'd be, I was fascinated by that box art of Daddy Near, like the European box art version of that game. And I was like, I would look at the back of it and I'd be like, what is this game? And I never purchased it and never bought it. It kind of looked like a generic Xbox 360 yeah. action game of the time, right? Yeah. I, like, you could never have told me what near, near is and what happens in it, and I would have believed you based on that box art because I just would stare at it and be like, wow, generic muscular action dude with swords looks kind of boring. But I, rem- I remember the box art so clearly because it just looks so generically boring to me at the time. But I was fascinated by it, but I never played it. I remember a bit of Draken God back in the day, but
2: that, that is a very familiar story. Like the game is, is, was kind of a sleeper hit that didn't get much promotion and took a no. lot of people by surprise who did not know about the, uh, previous Yoko Taro games either. That's a story that you do hear a lot. Like, oh, just some weird budget game I ended up with that turned out to have a crazy twist third act
1: who would have known right and then you put I like, a, 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 like a...
2: a sexy girl
3: on the cover and you play as a sexy girl in the game and all of a sudden it sells like
2: wildfire that
3: that is that tells
2: you yes.
0: but then you had a really good story on top of it and you're there's like there's also okay.
2: the reputation they got from the cult classic near and
3: Hold on, a really good story are we really
2: yeah yeah, no, that's what Nier is, is famous for, was like, the gameplay sucked, but the story was what you were playing it for.
3: I played it and I didn't want to play as 2B for the second run. Yeah, I, I,
2: uh, okay.
0: Also, it has combat by Platinum Games, so for me, it's like, a, hey, how can yeah, that I was Yeah, that was the big
2: weak point with the PS3 version, like the frame rate. In the combat in these Yokotero games, I don't I I feel like that's always kind of a wall, but at least it's better this time. Uh it's it's okay. Like, I it's
0: okay. It's no Nero, automata. It's it's okay. I hate the camera in Near Replicant. I hate even more. Fuck you, whoever designed the fucking menu in Near Replicant, because whatever the hell you're talking about with your like X-Force horizontal plane for your camera, fuck you. Fuck what? you. It's so dumb. What? There's like there's like eight different settings for moving the camera and all like the camera readjusting itself, but none of it is labeled correctly. It's so dumb and so annoying because the camera's garbage, to be frank. It's garbage in that game. I don't like it at all. But I'm
1: I'm right
3: I'm I'm alright time so far. It's fine. I, I, I need it. Give me a refresher. Why was the Allo Tomato good in story?
2: uh for having non-diegetic elements where like your saves matter your deaths matter your replays were part of the story it plays with the tropes different endings and that's why I think you might like Near, is that it does ah. kind of bait. and... S- I don't. Everyone knows at this point that Near baits and switches you into twists. Yeah, you the think end. it's
0: gonna be something, and then it turns out to be something entirely different.
2: But but the thing, the story is delivered with like a really really solid dose of of humanity of characters who have honest genuine reactions to the crazy stuff that's going on through the game, and the crazy stuff going on through the game is a. Uh, is a nice melancholy lesson about the fragility of the human condition. I think Matt would like it if he gave it a an earnest mm. shot.
3: If I if if Auto Tomato was just all right to me, I I doubt that I would like Near, which is the inferior version. <laughs> yeah,
0: do you? I mean, you're not wrong. You're not yeah. wrong. I, I don't think it is as good as Nier Oh, Tom said yet. And I've only played like ten hours, but.
2: It has a different atmosphere. I think it could be said that it's up to preference if one might find near the original the comfier game. Cause like near Autonoma is I found Near Autonoma a lot more depressing and nihilistic and, and existential. And the, the environments in Autonoma are so cold and metallic and near you have comfy medieval villages with comfy taverns, with like cute music playing in the background. And that is a feeling Autonoma won't give you.
4: It's, yeah. Yeah.
3: I just want a get RPG. They don't exist anymore. <laughs> I've played them all. I've played all the Metroidvania. I've played all the RPG. Like, I'm done. I'm I'm fresh out. You've
0: completed games, Matt. You're the first gamer to ever
3: complete oh, games. That sounds sad because it, it almost sounds really, <laughs> really That's real. True.
2: I just want to say, Matt, JRPG.mo. Has declared near as oh near autonomous as the best JRPG ever created. Yes, according to JRPG. <laughs> the the near series counts. <laughs> don't I don't know about
0: that. Maybe you should go all the way back to the beginning. Ma. I
3: don't know. Yakuza Seven exists, man. Uh, Yakuza Seven exists, and I f- even I wouldn't say it's the best story, but it definitely has some good feeling in it which I don't get from Japanese games. Barely. I barely get it from usually. Japanese games. Usually. Yeah, usually. Yes. Usually. Usually it's very trophy. You got to save the world. Really? You know? Like, it's just like, it's the same shit every fucking time. Let me tell you, playing some of these old games that people have nostalgia for on the emulator, it's the same shit. I Is that, are are you turning into George? I, I Maybe. Maybe. Are you turning maybe, into maybe, Phil Fish? Nothing satisfies me anymore, George. Yeah, yeah he's insatiable I don't think I, you know what i've been playing super mario rpg i had to go back to super mario rpg
1: nice
3: <laughs> that's pretty good cool.
1: hello fellow old yes, man yes hello wow. wow. would you like to talk about a, a, a what is it 90 that was like 93
2: 94 maybe all right so we're going to 2014 60, 17 year old no, twenty. Se- oh, that game! Mm, I love this. Let's talk about old games.
3: <laughs> it's uh, it, it, it's it's fun, I, and it's definitely gonna be short. Um, it's just like a goofy ass game. From I wish they, I wish they made another one like this. I I think the the Mario and Luigi series, oh, the Super sure saga not the only one, is kind of like this, right?
2: The Super Saga sh- shits are like this, kind of. It does Uh, not satisfy the infamously hungry uh, Paper Mario fan base, though. Like Those are some of the craziest people on the internet. Yeah, which is so odd. But, okay, fair enough. But they are very, very unique games that don't have a lot of other things out there like them. And I think the best thing about them is that they wear that goofiness on their sleeve. Like, they're super aware that that they're a silly Mario video game where everyone's made out of paper for no reason.
3: Ah, Maybe I should play Paper Mario. I should try those games, those older ones.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. No, Paper Mario is kind of sort of the natural follow up to Mario RPG. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. I know. I played the first one back when I uh, when I broke my my foot. So maybe
2: maybe I'll start with the second one and then move up. They, they are kind of lumped together in my mind as one series mm. in a mm. way. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean Mario RPG is great, man. Like it's it it's, is it's great. It, it It's also one of like the best looking games on the SNES, I think.
3: Yeah, I put a little filter on it. It is beautiful.
2: I put a little, put a
3: little, uh, what was that? The the ZBRZ filter.
2: Now that we have 4K Ultra HD monitors to emulate the effects of old 30 year old monitors, uh, it looks
3: like a painting, which is great. (laughs) I always like playing old games Uh. with my painting uh, 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 filter. But uh, yeah, it's a.
2: it's good it's it's goofy and oh oh you're not doing okay yeah, yeah. you're one of the psy boys Psy <laughs> boys the, the the two times psy filters that uh yeah I, I i i do like that style it, it depends on the game yeah
3: yeah yeah for sure like some games just it just looks pixelated when you try to blow it up on your screen so having that kind of blends it together but yeah yeah it's it's good it's good um there's not much to say about it. I mean, people have played it before. It's it's a Mario game where you you're in an RPG, and he explains stuff by making motions with his hands and floats up Body in the language. air and turns into people, <laughs> and like it's just wacky constantly. <laughs>
1: and Toad rips the shit out of you for it sometimes. Yeah, it's it's like, you have a little sarcastic little Toad friend.
3: It there's many games after like every big stage and and stuff where where just there's actually platforming and there's no random battles. you actually have to like you know fight people that you see inside the stage. It's quite cool it's like like a bastion type style um uh levels where you just see like the the area and then you have little enemies running around and they try to get you. <laughs> by hiding in bushes and shit, <laughs> yeah, like it's it's dope. Uh, there's 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 blocks that you can get treasures from, coin blocks and everything. Like it's it's a Super Mario game, but an RPG. <laughs> it's dope. It's dope. And some good ass also music. honest advertisement. And some good ass music. You, yeah, like it's dope. It's you, Kitty. You get what it's what it's definitely named. Kitty, but it's good. It's good. Yeah, I. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That that's been a uh, satisfying some type of itch, but uh, I'm 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 gonna dive into some of the games that are coming out this this month.
2: Uh, one of those maybe uh, Resident Evil Village. Yes, it's coming out, which had Friday. its demo released on uh all of the the platforms.
0: I've pretty much ignored everything about that game.
2: Yeah, uh, tell
0: tell us about the demo, George.
2: Yeah, is that too um. Is that for a lack of interest or because you don't want to spoil?
0: Oh, uh, kind of. Yeah, kind of, really? actually. Kind of.
2: Uh, what did you I, think I, of I don't
0: give a shit about Lady Dimitreus Dimitri- or Demetrius. Oh, I didn't
2: until I played the demo.
0: Oh, George is a yeah.
2: believer. Stomp yeah, okay. on me, baby. Dude, this game's full of fun bullshit. It's yeah. the cutest creepy castle I've ever seen. The characters, they, 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 like, have this exaggerated style that, like with Lady skew just, just gives people a weird anatomy that exaggerates their physical features. There's a fun, cackling old lady narrating your trip through the demo. The merchant, if you thought the RE4 merchant was fun, you just wait until you see this merchant. He looks no like way. the penguin. Can,
1: really? Can live up to the
0: reputation of, what are you buying?
1: He's, he's this, this
2: huge... Fat, obese Victorian man. He doesn't Ooh. say what are you buying, but when you close his menu, he says something just as good. And that's what that, does he say. Tell me. Have fun on your adventure.
0: Okay, that's pretty good. Have fun on your adventure. <laughs>
2: the the castle is beautiful. The characters are beautiful in their own weird way. They're they're fun. There's just this campy atmosphere of fun throughout the whole the whole demo that i was genuinely impressed by and kind of sort of not necessarily expecting by how depressing and industrial and grimy the uh environmental artwork was in re7 but in re village like it looks like a souls game from the first person like they are exaggerating what is supposed to be a, a romanian style village with an old classic castle in front of it and every single building is is huge and just covered in, in the architectural style details that exaggerate how how Western this place looks to its uh, uh, Japanese developers. But um, mm. the writing also is still, I, I don't think it's up to the level that it, that it was in RE7. But it still does feel like a way higher bar than than the rest of the series by the classic standards.
1: Is it scary? No. <laughs> it's, okay. it's more like 4, actually. Is, oh, it's quite comical then.
2: Uh, yeah. Oh, they are wearing the camp on their sleeve at this point, and I am loving, loving what they're doing with the Resident Evil these days.
0: Ah, I'm okay with that. I'm, I can, I can dig that.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of um fun scenes and and they they like introduce <laughs> characters that that kind of play with your expectations that make you think they're going to be major characters but I don't know maybe you'll find out that uh the game's not shy about killing off a lot
1: of, a lot of named
2: characters really early on. Do um, you like
1: Lady Dimitri Dimitrius, Dimit
2: uh, I try you. I do I did not care so much from seeing it in still images but the thing is when you see her in motion she has really fun body language like she has to bend down to squeeze through doors and uh, uh, she has hot sisters who j- chase okay so it's super duper horny and it's like funny about that like the characters will actively giggle at the sex noises they're making as they're chasing you and I'm just getting the vibe that they know Everything that I saw here looked like they're setting up for a real fun adventure. Yeah, I mean, writing may not be as high as RE7 points, but the other ones I think were. The the combat was interesting. I don't think the monster design actually was up to RE7 either. The zombies that you find in RE7, they almost look like regenerators. The very first one is a giant oily humanoid with this disgusting smile carved in. I was kind of disappointed by them. They just were
0: like black messes, like, you know, kind of like...
2: The oily mess. Oh, well, keep in mind, I also played it in VR, and that probably made everything look scarier then. Ah. The enemies in Resident Evil Village, in in the vein of it it taking some inspiration from Dark Souls, they do look like Dark Souls enemies. Like, they're hairy, buff zombies in medieval garb. They look very strange for a Resident Evil game. They don't look like slimy, dripping, mucus mutants. They look like undead. Uh, I'm wondering what that's about. Um. Hmm. So yeah, it's it's a less scary, more campy flavor of RE that is uh following up on a lot of the same vibes and motif and gameplay of 7. And it it, it felt fun, but most of all I think it is the atmosphere and the characters and and I'm surprised you played it.
0: Yeah, uh, well, you played the RE2 demo, didn't you?
1: I played the RE3. I the RE demos have been good. The only thing wrong with the RE demos is are the these stupid timers time and yeah.
2: online requirements. Yeah, the the RE7 demos were fantastic. Like they convinced me to buy a VR headset with a PSVR when when Resident Evil Seven had that. The RE2 demo, I I played through twice. I made a new account. The RE3 demo was less impressive that's kind of why i skipped that game in addition to the reviews but the RE village demo with r-e-v-i-i i even like the game's name i would rather them call it our resident evil village than resident evil 8 like that that's a name that does not have an embarrassingly large number of video game sequels at the end of it it also sounds about as stupid as the series is supposed to be resident evil village it's a little redundant you know it's an E. I guess this time there's going to be a lot of evil residents whatever but then they slowly fade in the vii and you're just like oh yeah there is some cleverness to this after all as stupid as it is they did actually think really hard to come up with the pun and that's what that's why i love the atmosphere and the art and the characters of it so much like it's excellent camp it is delicious cheese Mm. it is uh are you going to
0: purchase it (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it might take me, you know, a while compared to other people, I might wait for, for a sale or whatnot, but I was impressed by the <laughs> yeah, demo. If the is. reviews do not get up there, I'm going to wait longer, but it was, of of all the good Resident Evil demos they've been putting out, I do think this is one of the better ones. How is the shooting and stuff? Eh, nah. Yeah, nah. so also the other thing is that I was playing RE7 on PlayStation where you have to use an analog stick to aim, or with yeah. the VR, use your face to aim. But I was playing on PC, so the other thing I think about the monsters being less intimidating is that it was easier for me to headshot them in this one. It's horror game combat. The, uh, the, the you know, It's way scarier up until you're actually looking at the monster in, in the surprisingly bright environments that you get in the village, at least. The castle is uh, nice and dark and moody. There's a VR mode
0: 4.8. Not
2: yet, I think. No. no. I don't think they've made any announcements about that. And I've definitely tried to search because I am looking forward to that. And that is actually one of the reasons I will be waiting longer than everyone else is to see if as this new VR platform Sony is pushing out, if as the months roll down, down the road, we might see some announcement and some big trailer reveal where they're like, and now launching with PSVR 2 is, is Resident Evil Village VR. Because I would mm-hmm. want my first impressions to be in VR.
3: I just want it to be like seven.
2: That's That's all I want. If it's like seven then i'm good to go i love seven it made me want to replay seven god it made me realize that seven is like i think one of my favorite games of the past few years absolutely Absolutely. it's it's fucking fun it's fucking fun.
3: it reminds me of when i when i way back in the day outlast had that same like weirdness to it just goofy ass horror i love goofy
2: horror i love it this is goofy. D- horror. This is definite. That's, that's what, what like. Lady Demetriuscu is. She's a hot vampire. She's a hot, horny vampire, ready to mingle. Who's gonna kill you? That is goofy. Can't be yeah. fun. It's, yeah. Oh, they—they they know. They're—they having so much fun putting these together by the looks of it. And seven, it's—it's
3: it's ridiculous. All right, I'll just say this part. And this might be a little bit spoiler, so just skip ahead like a minute. When you're finding a guy in the garage and he's just getting inside the car. Like that's just fucking ridiculous And I love I always will
2: remember that It was like one of the best moments (laughs) In in video games ever (laughs) i remember how impressed i was that there was a line of writing in a resident evil game that i was genuinely impressed by and it's when the teenage son gets his hand chopped off at the dinner table and you hear him go oh dang it dad not again (laughs) like that's four words that imply a hilarious amount of black comedy going on in just like four words like damn it dad not again there's (laughs) those four words say so much it is it is good writing up until you get to the metal corridors at the end but anyways
3: yeah yeah the yeah end was
2: yeah weird. no it, it seems like yeah. a, a good honest follow-up yeah. like like less scary more silly but still the same flavor of of can't be cheesy fun yeah. I also played, um, Syrento VR. Uh, that is what I picked up the Humble VR Spring Bundle for. It is a game where you play as a sexy ninja who jumps through the air in slow motion, does backflips off of walls. <laughs> Always those
0: damn sexy
2: ninjas. And, and shoots people with two guns instead of one, because having Ooh. one gun is never enough. Uh, you can dual wield your swords if you want, because having two swords is cool. Right, right, kids? Yep. So, it is cool. So, Syrento VR is a game where you have a very, very slow walking speed in, in VR, because I guess they don't want you to get too nauseous. But once you jump in the air, your character fucking goes, and it's crazy seeing the sense of speed and elevation that you get. You point your VR controller at a wall, hold down a button, cast a teleporter out there, and then your character will start floating in the air towards your destination while everything else in the game goes in slow motion. And while you're in the air, you can stretch your arms up and she will do a flip and you'll actually like see the environment completely rotate around 360 degrees on the Y axis which uh, also gives you a ample amount of bullet time with which to blast people while your character is flipping through the air and upside down flips. So then you crouch down with your VR headset and that makes your character set up herself up for a slide where you're then sliding through the air in slow motion, blasting people <laughs> with two guns and then whipping a sword out from your shoulder to get the last guy when you run out of ammo. And then all of a sudden you remember you're playing on the valve index where a very important button is the same part of hand you're using to hold the controller and suddenly your character's guns teleport away back into their pockets in the middle of the fight. So good, then. Like a it's real a good ninja. game that reminds me that the Valve Index controllers have a very inconvenient placement of that grip button. This is a game like uh, similar to Walking Dead and a little bit of the problems I was having with Pavlov where I am accidentally dropping my equipment mid game. After my Valve Index video, a fan sent me a link to some peripherals. Some companies sell these things that are uh, foam booster pads that make the uh, grip bigger and thicker, and it's supposed to make it a little more easier on your fingers to tell whether or not you're pressing this thing.
1: And even that's not enough!
2: (laughs) I think what I'm gonna have to do is set up a Steam controller configuration that will, yeah, lower the sensitivity of this thing. Like, if I'm registering a button press, I want to know I'm doing it, and I'm doing it accidentally so many times with these controllers, but yeah, other than that, like Sirento VR is a super cool proof of concept with very low production values that was clearly made on a on a on a on a very tight budget with um not very impressive environmental assets, but the combat is absolutely a blast. It it's it's a wonderful experience to see what these these flips and wall runs look like from the first person hmm. perspective, and it feels really really are
1: they vomit inducing though. I was surprised. I was really, really surprised. I think
2: at this point you're immune, though. Well, I also think that uh, they blur the shit out of
1: your vision when you're in the air in this
2: game, and that might have something to do with it. There were a Mm. lot of accessibility options that I ticked off, and it still blurs the shit out of your vision when you move through the air. And I do wonder how how they came up with this scheme. Your character walks on the ground low, but they fly through the air fast. And a lot of players have not complained, have like And the user reviews have like mentioned how they would have expected to be more nauseous than they ended up getting from this game. So yeah, if you uh, have some little bit of money to throw around on VR, I definitely like pick this up as a fun time. It's not a not not a killer app system seller. It's it's not a a high quality immersive experience so much as it is a fantasy fulfillment. (laughs) Really fun fantasy fulfillment. It does seem fun. Stress relief. It's good stress relief. It does seem fun, but also vomit inducing.
0: Looking at videos of it, orientation looks difficult.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of steps that they make you go through to make sure that your character is the right height, that your uh, waist and shoulders are in the right place. If you don't have that stuff set up, you see a lot of weird things happen because of... um. How mobile your character is in that game compared to how stationary your actual body is going to be. You wave your arms up in the air and and the body on your VR headset is doing all sorts of crazy flips just from that. But somehow it makes sense. Like somehow, some way, raising your arms in the air kind of sort of primes the rest of your body to like mm. move on the Y axis. Nice. I'm rocking back and forth in the chair to demonstrate it. Like <laughs> it. it it weirdly does make sense in your brain. It, it, it clicked faster than I was expecting it to. Uh, That's good. yeah, Yeah. Good, 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 good stress relief for uh, feeling, feeling stressed and shitty about living in the shitty future, which is the panic attack that Umarangi Generation gave me. So this is a game... Man, people really like this game, right? Yeah. It did show up on a lot of Game of the Year 2020 lists. Old boy nitro dad
0: really liked it as well
2: i i think it's more for the mood and the vibe and the art of the experience than how fun this thing is going to be in your hands this is a work of goddamn art that i enjoyed on the basis that i am one who believes that video games do not necessarily have to be fun that interactive experiences do not necessarily have to be fun to convey their message, and maybe calling these things video games this whole time might have been a horrible mistake as the decades have moved on. So, in it, but, but still, in the syntax of the language of the system we live in, Umarangi Generation is a first-person shooter photography game. You are kinda sorta doing the walk-in simulator gone home thing of walking through levels to put together an environmental storytelling, but what the photography mechanic does is, uh, Requires you to take pictures of things and scores you on things, but that also kind of requires you to digest the environmental storytelling they're trying to tell. It's very, very clever. You load into very small, tight, compact, uh, Tony Hawk-style levels that are, that are just going to be like three rooms or or one small rooftop park. And you have ten minutes to complete a list of objectives, like in a Tony Hawk game. Some cool trip-hop lo-fi music will play in the background as you take pictures of your cool friends doing cool skate tricks in front of the graffiti at the edgy part of town and then all of a sudden you'll hear a rumble and see a formation of fighter jets flying low underneath you uh you might accidentally because the world of Umurangi generation is at the cusp of, of an existential crisis that's threatening the planet and you might notice that there's a lot of weird things scattered across the environment. And if you try to take a picture of them, you're mm. going to get penalized for it. There is evidence of the crisis facing the world in numerangi Generation strewn all about the levels. And if you accidentally take a picture of it, they uh, deduct some money from your account, and that's a kind of a kind of joke that I feel would only really work in the video game. You accidentally pan something into your camera that shouldn't be there, take a picture of it, hear a Blair go, and then you see negative four bucks from your salary at the end of your photo journalism career day, and that shows that. There's a lot of problems existing in this world that people are willingly trying to either ignore or cover up. It's not necessarily like they're censoring it so much as they just don't pay you for taking pictures of the most important things. Man, this game made me feel like shit. A lot of the objectives that you have to complete will require you to angle yourself in these tight, crowded levels in in clever ways and use lenses that might be Mm. zoomed in too far for the objective that you're looking at. Uh, sometimes the objectives are worded in ways that play with your expectations and your wordplay. Like you'll see a, a item on your checklist that says "take a picture of Sharky," and you're wondering like, "What's Sharky?" And eventually, you'll find like a mortar that that has a shark painted on it, and you take a ah. picture of it, and it just happens to be Sharky. And does it
0: have that kind of thing though? That if you'd found something else that looked like a shark, it would have also counted. Yep. Yeah. Ah,
2: you cool. can th- some die an objective. Stuff, then. An objective is is take a picture of the word cops and that includes graffiti that says fuck the cops so just so long as the words there there are multiple different ways to complete the objectives and the game has a non-linear play style that tries to posit the uh cause that uh beauty is in the eye of the beholder and you can take pictures of whatever you want and still consider it art. The playstyle reinforces this. Uh, depending on your personality, you're either going to be pausing the game a lot and going down the checklist or just running through the levels, taking pictures of everything interesting and going down the checklist organically. And because of the little bit of time pressure that you get from that 10 minute time limit, it feels like either playstyle is going to be both valid and also active and engaging. Mm. However, as it turns out, you don't have to meet the 10 minute time limit. You're just kind of lightly penalized for a scoring system that doesn't ultimately matter, but just having a timer in the corner does something to your brain that makes you feel like you're actively being challenged against something. So I have to wonder. Gonna rush. Right, it does it does kind of subtly influence you into rushing things. If games like Gone Home or the Stanley Parable, wh- what was the one the Chinese room did on the Source Engine where you walk down the beach? Dear Esther, if they had a little timer in the corner, would the gamers have shut up
0: then? I don't know. Timers tend to usually put gamers off, to be honest. Timers never really go down well in video games. Data to show. Like, it's too stressful. Gamers don't really like it. Depends on the game,
2: but... It definitely stresses you in Umurangi. Especially
0: with something like photography, where you would think that would be like the antithesis of... What you'd want out of a game about photography?
2: No, the idea is photojournalism, like like you're you're supposed yeah, oh, to be taking yeah, pictures well, of news and delivering it like to a in newspaper an event that has to put it out the next hap- day. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because okay. it also is about the crisis that the the universe is facing here, and the game does a lot of really clever things to make make that feel alive and real. Like you'll you'll revisit some levels, mm. but they'll be a little more decayed as the game goes on. Yeah, it's it's really good and also really short. How long dot com said it's three hours, but it took me five to six because I guess I like to smell the roses. A beautiful work that evokes the anxiety of the Trump years. You have this game about making art whose main primary characters are like cool skater kids wearing cool clothes, doing cool skater tricks. They are engaging in performative coolness. Well, every now and then the level will give you a harsh cut to a real bloody tragedy that is going to traumatize these kids for the rest of their lives. The main point of reference is Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh, it was great. developed in 2019. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> that is. that is totally Neon Genesis Evangelion, right? Um, it was made in 2019. It got popular in 2020. And now that it's 2021... Everything has gone so fast that it already feels like a dated representation of a certain period in history. That that is uh, probably going to be remembered as a kind of artifact representing that. Hmm. I wonder if Matt will like it because supposedly the photography is. I don't think Matt would like. It. <laughs> but but supposedly the photography
0: is pretty true to. I know literally zero about photography, mm-hmm. but um, I'm th- I'm thinking about it. It's supposedly pretty. It's pretty on top of, you know, if you have an interest in taking photos, like there's a lot of options, but I feel like that kind, goes with uh, the with this timer thing that kind of
2: it's not exactly going to ask you to play with the shutter speed and the F stop. Uh, it, oh. it, the camera settings more or less change the zoom and field of view of your first person view. But yeah, a lot of it is there And the spirit of, uh. Having to make artsy photographs is definitely there. You you are graded better for, for taking better photographs. And the scoring system has an idea in mind of how composition and coloring work to make something look aesthetically pleasing. There is built-in gallery social media sharing functionality. So they do want you to share your photos, too. They, they definitely do care, but I wouldn't call it, like, Photography Sim 2020. Mm,
0: interesting. I literally know nothing about photography and have... No interest whatsoever. I wonder whether this or Pokemon Snap has or, more uh, true-to-life photography. I,
2: than- I feel is. like it might might be more of a Liam game than a Matt game in the sense that it reminded me of how a short hike felt like a developer honestly exploring parts of their their psyche using lo-fi, uh, uh, low-budget development tools. Yeah. Um hmm. Let's see, Ori Game Digital. I'm wondering if this is a one person project because in the credits, I believe it, it is. did give the impression. Yeah. And, and like you can tell just from screenshots, you can tell it's a lot. That timer is there to make the environments feel less static than they really are. But yeah, like like I was saying, on, on terms of like being a work of art, it does absolutely nail the abstract emotions it's going for. Is it more like beyond good and evil? No. No, (laughs) No. it's nothing like beyond good and evil it's more like quake 2 mods like um the gravity (laughs) bone stuff gravity bone had a section where you had to take a a picture of some birds or something right it it looks like a quake 2 mod that that plays very cleverly with first person shooter game engine functionalities I think a Brendan Shung game is probably the closest point of reference oh, okay. for what this is going to look and feel like in your hands.
0: I can see. I've watched a few yeah. videos on it, and I get that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Maybe I'll play it when it comes to Switch, because I know it's being worked on for Switch.
2: So I bet it would do well on Switch. Yeah, but It seems like a good Switch game. Yeah, it seems like a good Switch game. Mm-hmm. You, you play through it level by level, and every level will take you 10 to 20 minutes, so it is good pick up and put down experience. Nice. So, yeah. You know, I I did get through a lot of stuff, uh, uh, not my page of Mortal Kombat notes, but...
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that one day.
2: But yeah, I played... Can I,
0: can I, before we quickly swap over, can I just talk about my current addiction?
2: No, it's not Hunt Showdown, is it? Neo Turf Masters! Oh, golf You're back at it, you went back, you put your hands back in, in the jar neo turf masters so why are you playing this this almost 30 year old neo geo <laughs> game like at 4 a.m with sausages
0: <laughs> i was playing it until 6 a.m are you
2: kidding me why
0: it's, it's good the I, best I, I, golf I, I mean, game i've ever played it's amazing it's so on the
1: green it's on the green
0: it's so green. brilliant it's so good Fairway. Shot by. It's brilliant. I love it. It's so challenging. It's an arcade game. So it did get ported to the Neo Geo, right? The home system and the CD. But it is an arcade game by nature. Therefore, it's like a quarter swallower. So it has this really steep learning curve that it doesn't want you to learn. But thankfully, because I'm <laughs> playing it on a Nintendo Switch, I can
3: cheat that shit and debug it so I can learn it. Wait, Nintendo Switch? Wait, what? It's on the... Yeah, it's on... The, it,
0: Yeah, it's part of the uh, ACA um, Neo Geo collection stuff that that you can buy now. Like, you you can buy Last Blade and you can buy, uh, you know, Garu, Mark of the Wolves, uh, you know, other great games by uh, the snk era of Neo Geo, right? This is a NASCA game just before they got acquired by SNK. And if you look through the people who worked on this game, they are like legends of the japanese of game industry people who worked on like r-type people who went on to work on just some incredible games like uh, platinum games and stuff like that and they worked on this dumbass golf game you can kind of see
2: it you can kind of see it like the guy who made metal slug made this game it's insane but it has beautiful pixel art and a sense of humor that is all about how wacky and muscular and angry these golfers are
0: and it's really fucking hard it's like really hard
2: (laughs) it's really
0: bloody hard and it takes a while to figure it out it gives you so much information but you're not really what information leads into other bits of information like it very sneakily has like something called rest yardage in the top left corner in a unreadable font most of the time it's white
1: on a blue sky but that is like the key information you need. Like you
2: need to know how many yards are left. You think they deliberately, deliberately made it hard to do? Oh, I read? don't
0: know. But it, sometimes it's yellow and sometimes it's white and you just can't figure out why. And then you like look at what your club maximum can be. And then you oh. kind of, you, you look at the rest. You look at the max. Then you figure out what a percentage of that would be. And then you fight against the wind, and then you you can hit it either straight or you can hit it low, so you like smack it to towards the ground, or you can hit it high, so you can hit it over trees. And there's just a lot of like ten like tactical analysis, and <laughs> it's really <laughs> fucking dun, 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 dun. good. And it's got an amazing soundtrack that's just as bassy and bopping as hell. It's an awesome two-player game. Oh, yeah. And it's really hard. And I've still only managed to cut my my best score so far is six in a tournament. And I think I'm pretty good at the game now.
2: Some of uh, my fondest memories of the before four times when my life was more normal was when I was going through the entire uh, Neo Geo. 25-year anniversary package with friends. They are so all good. good multiplayer games. Yeah, yeah
0: it, it's uh it, they're brilliant, and like Neo turf Masters is no different. It it cost me eight dollars on the Nintendo Switch store, and I've played at least twenty hours of it, just like in the bath, in my bed, on the sofa, watching YouTube. Like I, every time, I just bust it out and play. It's great. I'm having a blast with it, and. I should play more Nia, but then again, I've done something <laughs> stupid. It's great, eight dollars, and it's like the best golf game you'll ever play. You fancy a real challenge? Take up golf, the NeoTurf big tournament, and it has so many different settings in it—different CRT settings and different uh like arcade settings. And it's brilliant. oh really
2: the like yeah. emulator they're packaging it with these days is is good because that was a point of contention when I was going through these games. They were partnering with a. Pretty uh, shitty emulator. Uh, I'm not, I'm not really.
0: Sh- yeah, I mean, it's it's okay.
2: <laughs> but like,
0: there's a lot of like that you can do the the, the Japanese uh, arcade release, so you can do the Western release, and and they're different. Oh my tournament. god!
2: Yeah, that is way way past the level I was of the version I was playing. It's it's pretty damn good. That's my addiction
0: out of the way. Always peaceful in the Mushroom
1: Kingdom. Goldsmithing the sword, gathers the star, roll Why? With his old enemy
3: Bowser and a marshmallow who throws lightning,
1: you <laughs> for evil wedding cakes and the Calabrian's fly traps and recovered the seventh star.
2: Oh. is freaking Super Mario RPG, only on the system that keeps on kicking, Super NES. Dig it. And with that, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> I I I'm trying to legitimately not get too depressed about what we're what we're in for here. The news this week is going to be the epic lawsuit. This is the most scrutiny I feel that the government has put on the game industry since like the 90s when, when, when they were having the congressional hearings for the creation of the ESRB. Some of the evidence coming out from this oh lawsuit God, is, is kind of nuts. Um, yeah. So for clarification, these are not leaked documents. These are pieces of evidence that are being published on courthouse.gov websites in the interest of the public good so that the public will know the line of reasoning into why these laws are going to change. What's going to be determined by this lawsuit is exactly what legally counts as a monopoly for the markets of downloadable software. As a refresher, this news story began in August of 2020 when Epic kind of sort of uploaded an unreviewed version of Fortnite that included an option for paying them directly rather than going through Apple's services as a middleman, um, Apple then removed Fortnite from their app store. Less than an hour later, Apple got sued by Epic. They had the lawsuit ready to go, they had a publicity video ready to go where they started this um, free Fortnite campaign. In February, They started talking to judges about it, and at first the judge was saying some quotes that were not necessarily in Epic's favor, uh, saying, Your client created this situation. Epic's argument is going to be trying to make the case that Apple is a monopoly because they are not facing the sort of situation where, quote, A meaningful number of developers would give up the iOS platform if Apple raises its price. We know that's not the case. I don't... There, <laughs> there's not going to be a lot of love here for either of the two companies. It, it seems to be generally regarded as two oversized, uh, uh, self-interested corporations definitely arguing over how the rules can change to uh, better, better interest themselves. But if Apple wins, the status quo is currently going to be maintained. If Epic wins, there will be a lot more competition on digital marketplaces. So, yeah, pieces of evidence. Somehow the lawyers are going to make the case that a lot of these shocking documents that include numbers about how much Epic is paying developers are uh, going to count as evidence in these lawsuits. We have a list of a lot of games like 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 30 to 50 of them at a quick glance that includes the buyout price epic game to the developer the amount of new epic accounts that subscribed in the short term following the giveaway of the game and a division between the two that is supposed to calculate how much it cost epic to gain the uh, new subscribers the biggest deal for them was subnautica they spent 1.4 million dollars to get it and got almost a million new epic accounts hundred four thousand the cost of those gamers is calculated at one dollar and seventy four cents uh subnautica getting 1.4 million dollars sounds sounds nice but there are some other games on here that seem surprisingly low given the name recognition involved super meat boy apparently was given fifty thousand dollars and generated about one eighth of a uh, the amount of new users that Subnautica did, but that is that was a lot less than one eighth of, of the cost.
0: Wait, yeah. I mean, you're missing key info here, which is the UA cost was point it was literally half a dollar. That is exactly why they only paid fifty thousand because they knew they wouldn't acquire that many users out of it, I guess. You're talking about what the value of a product is that's been about that's been out for ten years on multiple different platforms.
2: So it makes sense that Super Meat Boy would not be as valuable as Subnautica. It does seem a little fishy that Super Meat Boy is like cheaper than a shitty condo.
0: It does. And it does if you look at it as what that 50,000 represents, right? For Epic, it bought in a lot of people for a really low user acquisition price, right? So that made a lot of sense for, from the Epic standpoint.
2: They probably right. took
0: the, ju- the value it judgment. It was the
2: best deal for Epic. Yeah. The, the worst deal for Epic was Celeste, which they spent a lot more than Super Meat Boy. They, they spent $750,000 mm-hmm. and got a fraction. Oh, uh, not a fraction. They got over just over half of what Super Meat Boy brought in at $62,000.
0: At $12, you, yeah, UA. You that is pretty expensive.
2: I'm also wondering what the deal is with Four Honor's price being $63,000. Like, that is a, a expensive-looking AAA game that does stick out from these cheaper-looking indie games. And it's surprisingly lowball compared to uh, uh, something on the list here like Batman.
0: Which Batman was it, though?
2: They oh, say it- Arkham.
0: Is that Knight? Or I think it was Alchemist Knight, right?
2: The whole series at a, at a $1.5 million buyout and just under 614,000 new users.
0: It's a lot of money for a game that's been out a long time. <laughs> but I guess it is a licensed franchise that is a AAA game. It's not an indie game. So, But For
2: Honor is also a AAA game. That,
0: that might be just Ubisoft throwing it out to try and get a second life on it. And then hope that that turns into users, user acquisition in Uplay, because remember, they anybody who signs up for that then has to go to Uplay as well, right? So they're also partially getting user acquisition out of that, probably.
2: Yeah, this is about user acquisitions. They're eating short-term losses to make long-term gains so that they can turn kids with the EGS installed on their computer into teenagers who will then have more disposable money to buy games with the EGS already installed on their computer. Mm. About 70% of the current users are doing it. 70% of users who have acquired a free game have made a purchase. The the hope is that that number will increase in the future. But right now, it does seem like confirmation of the speculation and the assumption that it is a short-term loss for long-term strategy. What I think is more shocking is how low some of these numbers are for for some of these games on here. They're, They're definitely not spreading it across equally
0: it's value judgment the ua acquisition like this model is the mobile model this is this is how you do advertising for mobile games it's all about user acquisition how much does an advert cost versus how many users you get from the advert it's ua acquisition and you know adverts on facebook don't cost as much as they do on tiktok for example right so it's like value judgment it's essentially they're buying advertising each one of these games is buying advertising and some games cost you a lot more money because they understandably will rope it rain in a lot of new players and get user acquisition. And then others that are essentially games that wouldn't be purchased anyway, but get the opportunity to have a longer tail of their own. And but of course, are not you're not going to be able to walk up to Epic and be like, hey, my indie game, I'll totally give you that for free if you give me half a million dollars. Epic are kind of going to probably look at what your most recent purchase, uh, your most recent uh, sales figures were. Well, you think about a lot of these games have had long tails already, right? Super Meat Boy. Epic most definitely look at how many games you've probably sold within the last quarter, if not half a year, if not financial year. And they probably forecast how many sales you're probably going to make over the next year. And then this price Probably informs somewhere around that.
2: Well, it still speaks to like the always ever present problem that when a negotiation's going on, there's probably someone who's might not know the value that their labor is really worth. I don't think in these deals that works like that. This is
0: almost predominantly with big publishers. So, I mean, the, Arkham is Warner Brothers, uh, you know, games like For Honor are going are gonna to be Ubisoft, Subnautica, a big company.
2: Like, what about something like Tequila Workshops, who made Rhyme, Rhyme's on this list, they got $45,000 for the deal. And if you go to their website and look at the list of their teams, like, it's 50 people long. Like, if you spread that across the whole studio, that's less than $1,000 each.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, that's not how paying people salary works, right? Oh yeah,
2: no. I mean I I (laughs) I know it's not. What's probably gonna happen is it's gonna go to a little clique of of head haunt shows who are gonna avoid manual labor for for themselves and their children.
0: That's separate to selling their IP to epic. So for example, we look at Rhyme on Steam right now, has two thousand seven hundred reviews total, right? This is not a lot. If you do the math quick math, it's what? Five percent at a maximum of your total sales So you're looking at, what, 10, 20, I don't know. You're looking at maybe 200 to 300,000 sales total. And this was four years ago. So I imagine a lot of these deals take epic ask for your financials, I imagine, from the past year, predict your forecasted sales across probably only Steam because they don't care about Switch or anything like that, right? Sales on Switch are not going to affect sales on PC. So... They probably look at what your forecasted sales on Steam are for the next however long you're an exclusive free game on Epic for, maybe. And then maybe two weeks or a month. And then probably just offer you somewhere around what they would forecast would be your predicted sales. And that's why Rime is never going to be anywhere near something like Celeste. Because Celeste, of course, if you go to the... uh, Let's go to the Steam for Celeste, right? I think you're looking at probably maybe 10,000 more reviews than you would. Rhyme, Celeste is on 32,000 reviews, right? So that is already 15 times more in terms of sales predicted than Rhyme. So I think a lot of these are probably just judgments based on whatever the, these companies are already earning financials on. So it doesn't surprise me that games like Subnautica, which are massive hits, especially Considering wasn't the Subnautical one like their brand new version of the game. I'd be interested to see how much Troy cost. Troy is missing in this.
2: Yeah, they don't have um 2020.
0: That would be the one I'd want to know. Because that was a game that was on free on its launch day. That would be, that would, I would really want to know how much that was.
2: And also they had GTA, they had GTA in 2022.
0: Yeah, I imagine that was at least a couple of million for sure, because predicted
2: sales. The 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 period here is is 2018 and 19.
0: Okay, so so yeah, <laughs> you think of Celeste in 2018 was still a fairly new game. It was a hot shit at the time.
2: Um, well, Celeste wasn't one of the big heavy hitters for new Epic accounts on this list. It it cost them the most compared to a lot of these other games
0: yes but what i what i'm talking about is how much they paid for it It is probably informed by celeste being hot shit at the time right but you think as celeste is a user acquisition game when a lot of people have already bought it on pc or on switch and stuff it's kind of a bit difficult they're probably just buying the advertising right the clout to be able to say well we have free games like celeste which only came out what a year ago or six months ago or whatever it was in 2018
2: what about jackbox at 60k it seems a little low for something with as much name recognition and current currency is jackbox
0: doesn't almost everybody have jackbox and you only
2: need one user to have it and yeah
0: everybody else can play for free off that user is that how they get them i
3: i i do that that's a little hard to sell my friend has it puts it on the screen we all sit there and
0: then four other up to eight people can play it right literally eight people
3: play (laughs) yeah Of people play.
0: yeah and you don't need to sign up to an epic nope. games store account to be able to play it so you know user acquisition on that is going to be low right
2: so so what, what, what about this this rami ismail tweet where yeah. he's saying in all caps indies demand more money from corporations for your shit what are some of these numbers what even well
0: yeah i mean you look at the user acquisition on stuff like super meat boy right that's really good for epic like really good like that's exceptional value judgment by epic in that right they paid only fifty thousand and they got ninety seven thousand. they got half a dollar for each user that's insane that's just nothing the fact that epic have only spent 11 million only on all of these games is pretty incredible they must have spent at least 15 million on gta 5 alone right it's pretty crazy, but you know Celeste, of course, twelve dollars. The Celeste team getting seven hundred and fifty k buyout, like that's really good for them.
2: Yeah, no, they fucked the man on their deal.
0: But but the the problem with like I mean Rami's right, and I agree with him, Epic should pay more. But the problem is, Epic are not going to pay more if the user acquisition costs more money than the predicted amount one single user is going to spend. So Epic Epic will know integrally what the average user spend is per user and if the ua total average is above average spend then they're not going to buy these games the fact that they're probably still doing it means that the average user spend i mean 11 million is nothing
2: right yeah this is a drop in the bucket compared to their 4.2 billion in revenue so it is a complete drop
1: in the bucket right so they know that the average spend Yeah, so they know the average spend must
0: be way higher than what the total average UA acquisition is, right? They should be. I mean, yeah, you should be paying more than 50k for Super Meat Boy and 50k for World of Goo, but these games are 10 years old and it's going to be hard for the indie devs to sell that to Epic, right? Especially when you've been on every platform under the sun. Games like Rime, it's kind of hard with those ones because they're not exactly big. They're nothing like Celeste. They're not even in the same ballpark, right, of being a big hit. Uh, So that's a bit, that's kind of harder, I guess, for them to sell. It's probably, it's interesting because I don't think Rhyme reviewed very well either, right? At the time it came out. I don't know, but it's weird. It's interesting to see because we all knew it was kind of to get user acquisition. But like UA is usually mobile stuff. Like you don't have user acquisition in console games selling selling because you have nothing to sell. You don't have an account you want people to sign up to.
2: But in mobile, you do. One thing. That I think is, is absolutely an important point that a lot of people haven't focused on is how Subnautica ended up being a bigger deal for them in terms of getting new users on the platform than Borderlands 3 did.
0: And Borderlands 3 cost them
2: $115 million. And, and more people came for the $1.5 million dollar offer. But then again, you know, this is 2018, so they were probably just
0: doing all of these contracts at the same time and were just trying to figure things out.
2: As a fan of Subnautica, though, that really does kind of sort of at least warm my heart a bit that people, <laughs> more people are willing to install software on their computer for Subnautica than something massively more popular like Borderlands.
1: Didn't it tie into a big
2: Subnautica update, though? I don't remember. I remember beating the game before, when it, when it was out of early access. I beat it before uh, it okay. came to EGS. It's yeah. a whole new Subnautica, the, the below zero. Yeah. Like story um, driven. Yeah. But that that, okay. that wasn't the one in the uh, yeah. question ah, okay. in these documents from, from years ago. We also got some details about how uh, Sony was determining whether or not they wanted to join the crossplay party a few years ago. There are some emails that have been released between Gio Corsi, the senior director of Sony Interactive Entertainment America and Joe Kreiner of Epic Game Business Development. Some some fun Shark Tank snark between the two of them. Uh, the Epic Games rep says, uh, when trying to negotiate to get Sony to allow them to, to put Fortnite on a, a cross-play situation on the PlayStation, they he said, I can't think of a scenario where Epic doesn't get what we want. That possibility went out the door when Fortnite became the biggest game on PlayStation will announce crossplay in conjunction with Sony. Epic goes out of its way to make Sony look like heroes. I don't think I've mentioned this before, but your license... Oh, this one, this one is is so... (laughs) You can tell he's putting the pressure on him here. I don't think I've mentioned this before, but your license to use UE4 expires in May 2019, and that license has some of the best terms we've ever offered. Epic's not changing its mind on this issue, so let's just agree on it now. And this is like like one of the moments where where I guess, like like i'm I'm a little like, yeah. <laughs> Because, like, it's, it's fun to see that they, they they do get this snarky and aggressive in their personal correspondences sometimes. Geo Corsi responds with, Sorry that you feel things are moving too slowly for Epic with PlayStation and cross-platform play. I was under the impression that there was no movement with Microsoft on cross- cross-platform. Has that changed? Cross-platform play is not a slam dunk, no matter the size of the title. Which is totally a dig at how how big Fortnite was at the time. Quote, as you know, many companies are exploring this idea, and not a single one can explain how cross-console play improves the PlayStation business. Which is a quote that really turned out to probably uh, bite him in the ass later.
0: Considering Sony just invested $200 into Epic and Fortnite, I think uh, it's safe to say they've changed their stance since then.
2: And and at the time this was happening, uh, I, I dug up an old Eurogamer interview where where they gave the public statement that they were not doing crossplay to, to protect the children. In 2017, we have a quote from Jim Ryan, where they said, We've got to be mindful of our responsibility to our install base. Minecraft, the demographic playing that, you know as well as I do, it's all ages, but it's also very young. We have a contract with the people who go online with us that we look after them, and they are within the PlayStation curated universe exposing what in many cases are children to external influences we have no ability to manage or look after is something we have to think about very carefully yes gamers it was not actually about the children it was about the money and and this line about how not a not a single company can explain how cross-console play improves the playstation business does seem awfully ignorant of the whole entire scenario that ended up happening of these games that have crossplay on them becoming so massively popular because it increases the amount of friends that uh, kids get to play their video games on their console with. Well, Sony just did it for multiple games, right? They they did it for
0: Minecraft, right? They did it for Minecraft. That was like one of the first big ones.
2: It's definitely turned around since, since this exchange between the two.
1: Mm. <laughs> and it's like, they're so aggressive with each other in the most like passive aggressive way. <laughs> that line
2: about like, Your license expires soon and that had some of the best deals we offered was just like you you picture the the lights shining over his eyes in that situation. Shame if something would happen to it. But yeah, yeah. Epic uh, uh, leading the charge for um, and pushing so hard for for getting consoles to play with each other is is one of probably one of the brighter spots of their their reputation among this whole messy ordeal. It says Epic spent one billion on PC exclusives in 2019, so
0: they ramped up that shit hard the year after.
2: Was that the GTA five year, or I,
0: very possible? This is like as we are recording this, people don't
1: realize that it's mm. day two of mm-hmm. the
2: <laughs> testimony. More so of like, this is going to come in every day.
1: It's it's happening right now,
2: so <laughs> it's going to be the craziest week this year. I, I, there's. E3 is probably not going to be as big a deal as this, which is why I made the case in the beginning that this might be the most we'll hear about the government scrutinizing the game industry since the 90s when when they were doing the congressional hearings. Uh, Microsoft got roped into this somehow, as, as supporting witnesses with supporting evidence about competing app marketplaces, public companies like Sony and Microsoft face a greater burden uh, for public disclosure to provide evidence supporting public cases like this. Valve almost got roped in and ended up denying, but we got some documents from Microsoft that have showed that they internally pay people to review video games, including competitors like uh, Last of Us 2 from Sony, which the Microsoft reviewers were super duper positive on. The article in question is by two employers from a division called the, the GGPD Portfolio Team. Their job titles are content planner and digital portfolio planner, so they're not necessarily journalists and probably paid a lot more and are not paid by the click either. And a lot of commenters were surprisingly impressed at the quality of this Last of Us, this internal Microsoft-only Last of Us 2 review. They have a paragraph at the end that I, uh, I feel like it almost goes without saying, but a lot of people were highlighting how much they appreciated this paragraph, where they say, as someone who cares deeply about the evolution and expansion of what storytelling and interactive entertainment can be, the lack of decent gun combat in the game and the contentious issues over the, the dueling protagonists, those things ultimately matter less than how incredibly well Naughty Dog have crafted and delivered the story they wanted to tell. I, I I wanna know why um, they do this internally. If they want if they want a review of the competition's products, you'd think there'd be plenty of that available.
0: Uh it's probably because they can ask them to look at specific things and also probably because the people who are doing it have a unique understanding of maybe what the game's that are being made currently under NDA at Microsoft are and how they can influence certain things. How they,
2: how they compare? Yeah, yeah. And I and I would assume something like that is going on, but I I would expect it to look uglier with more jargon, more numbers, more technical stuff. Uh, like this sounds like a magazine page. It reads like a magazine page. It looks like a magazine page and gets pretty subjective at that. Because yeah, one of the big lines that that the 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 readers also loved was when they were saying something like this is un paralleled compared to anything on PC and Xbox. Something along those lines. I didn't put that exact quote in my my outline here, but they did say something to those extents.
0: It makes sense. I mean, it's companies doing research on other their competitors' games. Makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, people do mock reviews all the time. Companies pay for that shit constantly.
2: Well, the other thing is that the people doing it aren't necessarily like paid reporters. They're part of some content production teams in the house and this might be a Maybe there, Maybe this is a project to keep them busy. I don't know. Very possible. Don't know if I if I have as much to say about this one or was particularly surprised about this one. But we also found out Stalker Two is going to be a three month Xbox console exclusive for a little while. Only three months. Meh.
0: <laughs> the less the set, the
1: better. <laughs> I don't ever want to hear the word exclusive ever again. I
2: don't think anyone's really going to be that offended about Stalker 2 being a three-month Xbox ex- console exclusive. The uh, little internal catalog that is out here, eh, if it's simultaneously released at PC, there's, there's going to be no issue over that. There's going to be no controversy over that one, I don't
0: think. My, my
2: lips are sealed. There will be more of this as the week <laughs> goes on. This might be already dated by the time it comes out. But yeah, these are, these are our revelations reporting on them and discussing them is creating an archival moment about what it is like to live in this part of history. This is an important thing to inform the listeners. If, if we are going to be, you know, billing ourselves as discussion on the game industry, shouldn't this stuff be discussed?
0: A hundred percent. It should. Mm -hmm. But remember two sides (laughs) to every coin and this needs to be discussed,
1: but also It's easy to pick bones (laughs) when it's all negative.
2: It's not all negative. There were the the, epic does have some bright moments throughout this, especially with these emails from Joe Kreiner.
0: I wish we could take a poll generally, Mm. not gaming specifically, but like value proposition, right?
2: And I like the Subnautica deal. 1.5 million. Great. Awesome. Beautiful. That seemed to work out fine.
0: Yes. But like in terms of value proposition, why? I don't get... Why, as a consumer, mm. would you be so egregiously offended by the Epic store when you would have literally already one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 games for free for literally signing up for something? 13? That you do. Well, right, I mean, just this list in 2018 alone, right? Like, 13 free games.
3: Oh, I I have a shitload. I've been doing it for a long time. I kind of don't understand it. I, Dude, 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 we, we, we talked about this before. Like, why don't you install it? And my library is insane.
0: I'm asking a very serious question about what is the the loyalty to platforms like steam that mean that some literally
2: giving away games for free is not a consumer friendly practice I, I i'm very confused dude because it's it's more inconvenient than having standardization across the industry it opens up holes in the privacy of of your data getting potentially leaked it means another password you have to remember there's there's the constant nagging reminder that this stuff is being subsidized by children buying microtransactions with parents credit cards a lot of that anger is also coming from a demographic that already owns those free games that is attached to the libraries they have built up for years elsewhere and i also want to point out i'm not batting the drum as hard for that stuff as i was the hardware exclusives that Require you to pay hundreds of dollars for hardware when you don't see children like dividing up into a Steam family or an EGS family on the playground because both are free. That's it's not as big a barrier to jump as with exclusive consoles that were such a you don't get
0: anything free from Steam.
2: The competition between these is gonna be good, and that was always my point. I was always predicting that that would be the silver lining
0: that wasn't game as points. We've heard nothing but gamers hate on the Apex Game Store for since the inception. I, I will reference it again, the Ooblet situation from two years ago. Like, I do not understand it. Even as a consumer standpoint, I don't understand it. it you will never going to get singularity in video games when multiple different companies are making different things.
2: There's no such thing. You can't have standardization. What about the data breaches? in In two thousand and twenty, there there is standardization in other industries over some of the formats and stuff. Like movies get released on multiple platforms. If you want to watch Feels Good, man, you can do it on Amazon or you can do it on YouTube.
0: or you can do it on Netflix and Apple and uh, you, you know HBO. And, so you have to have all these different platforms with all these different passwords and all these different payment plans. I get it. There are billion dollar companies like Epic and Apple right now fighting against each other, and it's hilarious to watch, right? But a lot of these deals, like the Celeste one, 750k for a team of 10 making great games, right? That that is the shit that makes the industry move constantly around. And how that team can go on to make Earthblade, which is their next game, and how the team from Ryan might be able to go on and make their next game. Or the team from Super Meat Boy are able to go make their next game, right? I'm asking serious questions just because I think it's important to ask them how people hate the Epic Game Store, but love Steam. And how, like. It's fine for other things to have. It's fine to have a Netflix account, a Spotify account, a HBO account. It, it, it's like just the norm to be watching Mandalorian on Disney Plus, but then having to switch over to HBO to watch Game of Thrones. Like, I don't quite get the vitriolic nature and backlash towards people who work in the industry because the business is somewhat the same as those where there's different platforms where you have different things. There's also different storefronts and also that indie devs and video game companies are taking deals to host their games on certain platforms. I don't think it's fair to be talking just about the consumer side specifically and not shining a light or getting angry at the video game dev side. And this is not digging in, but asking the serious question about how come if Epic are giving away 20 games a year, Is that not consumer friendly just because you don't want to sign up and save a new password versus being loyal to Steam who don't do anything towards video game devs?
2: Probably because those 20 free games don't actually seem as valuable to them as they do to you.
3: Okay, okay. I have, and I haven't gotten everyone, I have 135 games on my Epic library. Okay, most of those were free because I barely bought anything but 130, these these are games like Rocket League, Observer, we got Short Hike, which I've played on here.
2: If if you went on to buy something, as I also did, we are a 7% minority. Alien
3: Isolation, Assassin's Creed's are on here, Borderlands 2, free. My weird point that I don't get why
0: games are so resistant to, if it means you get free games, free. Which is something gamers complain about. Arc. Consumers complain about. Gone home. I think I've only bought one game on the Epic Store. It was Tony Hawk. And everything else is free. And I don't really use it. But like... Inside. If consumer value and paying $70 and all that kind of stuff is stuff that really bothers certain people, there is literally a company that are giving away games every month for free and as Matt has kind of pointed out, you can build a library of games for you to play. Just cost four. But it requires you signing up.
2: Layers of fear, too. And and I have told you that there are issues with their data breaches. And, and the way that they made this money is from children on microtransactions, and that they have big way bigger libraries on steam that they are attached to and epic might not last as long as steam might and i also wanted to reiterate that i'm not necessarily as angry about this stuff as i would be a console exclusive where you have to pay for hardware but that is the line of reasoning if you actually want a checklist of things that make gamers mad about having to install epic that's that is the checklist. Those are the bullet points. And there's the, the fragmentation of the market, which to me was the competition, that, and that is the silver lining. Prices go down when competition goes up. I was enjoying Origin giving away free games back when they were the first ones on the block to challenge Steam. But Origin is still a really crappy piece of software that I never launch unless we're playing Titanfall 2, which ended up getting moved over to Steam later.
0: So that's fair. And I think that's the thing about, like, something that's new, right? You remember when Steam first came out, it sucked.
2: Yeah, when Steam first came out, it went through a lot of the same growing pains. You might understand from maybe thinking back on those days. Remix.
0: So that's my point, is why don't why people don't seem to give that kind of chance. Like, it's, it's like, it's Epic or Steam. It's not like, oh, Epic might turn into something. If I create an account now and get all these pre-games, and then eventually when it has the features of Steam... I will therefore have a library already and an account that I'm inevitably going to open when it has, when it has the same features, right? Steam from like a game dev standpoint is garbage. It's awful. It's an awful platform to release your games on. It's kind of interesting how like the Valve, almost the Valve cult-like nature of Steam is kind of a part of the the Epic Game Store problem, right? They are trying to buy user acquisition. This kind of proves it. But that's because Steam has a monopoly on PC. And you've quite rightly said they're trying to break into that, right?
2: Another another tick on the checklist. Maybe the people you're talking about are the ones who are already dedicated enough to following PC gaming that they already have the games offered to free. Agreed. That's the point I said earlier about how those free games probably don't represent as much value to them as they do to you.
3: Shadowrun. I mean.
0: Soma. But we're talking about general consumers, right?
2: Yes. No, you're talking about angry gamers, actually. That is what you were so- I'm
0: talking about the vitriolic backlash, yeah, to, to Epic.
2: And that is a minority, that's not general consumers.
0: But I'm asking you, as a person who fights for consumer rights constantly, what is the problem with Epic regarding cons- consumers then?
2: The quality of their software, I guess? I've had no problems. But what does Steam do
0: that is better? What is Steam what does Steam do that is uniquely better that makes it better to use?
2: Integrated forums, integrated reviews, gift features, refunds, there is a big list.
0: The refunds is very important. But do the forums and stuff do you actually use them? Yes. Would you rather not a free game than use those things?
3: I, I don't understand why would that be why would that be necessary to get a free game? The refunds is is cool. Yes, the refunds is cool. But as far as just getting uh, installing it just to get free games but yeah i i understand that if you're buying an actual buying yeah. stuff and there's exclusives on the epic store that you want to have returns just in case the game sucks or whatever the fuck people return games for
2: what if it doesn't work on their computer and it
3: doesn't work on their computer yeah they didn't check the requirements really, yeah really
0: super super important super
3: super important yeah for and sure And this is not
0: about exclusives this 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 conversation is not about exclusives but it did no oh,
2: because i don't think the market's like fragmented into steam versus epic i think everyone's got both these days
0: yeah they do Uh, which is kind of what my misunderstanding is about signing up for epic and getting these free games a lot of people seem to make out that like epic are evil for offering
3: they have a return policy free games they edit this a long time ago i remember this the same thing 14 days within purchase less than two hours of playtime same as steam good this is happened in may I remember when this happened Good. because people hated it that they, they that they didn't have this.
2: Yeah, no, like it's getting better over time. But one of the items on that list is that it is lesser, lower quality software. It, it was
3: shit in the beginning, like That's complete bad. shit. I still downloaded and got my free games, but it was trash before. Like you can even browse the fucking page, the the store pages properly. But but it's not like that anymore. <laughs> It's not like that anymore. I don't that, that, that's like old shit. Like oh, it, well, when 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 a game first comes out, it, this is not Cyberpunk. You know, this this is not stay shit. You know what I mean? Like
2: But you're also focusing on a backlash from that specific period in time. If you're going to immerse yourself in the negativity of gamer outrage that will drive you crazy, I, like, I like I have don't. some perspective on how small of a minority it is and how small of a time frame. But, but I, okay, George, I do
0: understand. I do. I really do. But, but you don't understand that this kind of like the way that this kind of stuff gets fed back gets mixed in with that vitriolic nature. It's like oh. consumerism and consumer rights and entitlement That's, that there's a wibbly wobbly line in video games.
2: Would you disagree with that? People who complain about, on Twitter. It depends on the context and the situation. Like you're saying, would I rather have a free game over no game at all? And the reality is, it genuinely depends on the game. It does make sense that people might actually have gotten more excited over Subnautica than a lot of other games on that list, frankly. Oh, yeah, no
0: doubt. No, absolutely no doubt, right? I mean, the user acquisition aside, right? Me downloading Subnautica versus me downloading Celeste, I'm going to play Celeste, right? That massively fits me. Far more right? amnesia. I think it's just alien isolation, the resistance to Epic.
2: Yep, and that resistance is there because the data breaches, the lower quality software, how they had less features over time. There was
0: only one data breach, and it was Fortnite accounts, and it was in
3: 2018. There's nothing to do with the Epic Game Store. And Sony, well, you're not gonna have a PlayStation anymore because Sony had the same thing, you're not gonna have an Xbox anymore because Xbox had the same thing. Everyone has had that. You see what I'm saying? Like it, it, it's, it's the negativity which I don't, I don't like. It's just like, it, it happens all the time. Well, if you're
2: trying to make the comparison to something like Resident Evil 7 or Resident Evil 4 VR coming out on the Oculus Quest 2, then that is an unappealing option. Like I don't, that's a different situation than software stores.
0: The only one who has mentioned exclusives to any, the only person who's mentioned exclusives today is you. In comparison to this, we're talking about the deals in the UA and the free games. We're not talking about exclusives
3: here. That's why, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, listen, Facebook already have your shit. They already know what you do. Google already know everything you do on the internet. It's done. They sell your information. It's done. Who gives a fuck? (laughs) Who gives a fuck? It's too late. It's too late, guys. If you're,
0: (laughs) it's just the serious question about this like the backlash to epic in general mm-hmm. but you seem to be very for that mm. and you have, did, have done ever Not since just the, a little the, yeah so that is the the kind of i don't buy missing features data breaches and stuff as a reason why people are as vitriolic towards epic and the epic game store okay when we when it's kind of like this weird thing where like you can everybody complains about full price games everybody complains about game devs but then when you're offered free games people don't want to sign up and actually get
2: them it's just like complaining for entitlements complaining sake even when i have free games i'm not launching the store because there's less to click around and do on there than there's way less to click around and do on there than steam like these are the reasons why. You I know you don't agree with them, but that is the reason why.
0: I mean I don't I don't use the Epic Game Store myself. It's just a genuine question about
3: why. Alright, well, the only reason I even jumped jumped into this is because usually I don't talk about this. Because it, it it doesn't matter to me. Like if I don't care if some random person out there doesn't download Epic Game Store, because it cause it should stay that way you don't like it then don't use it but don't complain on the fucking internet and get more wild and attack someone verbally for for some bullshit like it's if you don't like it just don't download the shit <laughs> why you gotta be so dumb like it, it just it, it doesn't matter
0: <laughs> if you like steam and you want to buy games on steam buy games on steam if you want to buy games on the rift buy games on the rift i don't Get it. I don't get why people complain about things that are like business decisions that happen in every industry. It is so confusing to me. From like, you are getting free games if you go onto this platform. Therefore, if you want them, go get it. But it's like the comparisons and like the the like how could Epic do this? How could Steam do this? How could Xbox do this? That baffles me when you don't the same thing doesn't happen in other ind- No one goes around saying, how could Disney only put the Simpsons on Disney Plus?
1: Nobody does that. Yes, they do. No, they don't. No, no, they don't. They don't. People like love the shit. Marvel fucking teasing whatever, right? They'll put that shit wherever
0: they want. it's like The Mandalorian season three coming only to Disney Plus. Everyone's like, woo, the
1: Mandalorian's yeah. back. Woo, sign up yeah. to Disney Plus. There it's so different. The
2: perception is so different. That's not my internet, my friend. I have seen tons of comments expressing, like, negativity over how The Simpsons doesn't fit the Disney brand, about how young children might accidentally click on it. It's about how weird it is that you have to go to Disney for something like that instead of Hulu. And how... Yeah,
0: weird, but I don't see anybody, like, complaining yeah. that it's not on Netflix, or it's not on... No one's going around like, oh, I can't believe Mickey Mouse movies are not on Netflix. It's really odd. That's why it's
2: extremely popular. They do complain that it's not on broadcast television. There is a lot of negativity expressed by people who don't want to pay extra money than what they're already paying for television video entertainment to sign up for additional services. It's a different market. It's a different audience. This is like old people who still have cable, but those are the people who are getting... You know, not necessarily locked out, but yes, inconvenienced and in having to spend more money because they would rather not have to pay an extra 15 bucks a month for a service on a computer they don't know how to use.
3: We're not, we're not talking about Epic anymore because you don't have to pay for Epic. It's just an install. All right. But like, all right. For, for, for this, anyway, for this, I would say many people don't necessarily complain because let me say, uh, Twitter, you can get a lot of... Re- ridiculous comments on there and not a lot of them are just like against oh my god i can't believe fucking disney and 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 hbo max all the ghibli films are on hbo max you know not a lot of people you know fucking spread hate for that but the thing is if you're having trouble share like i'm pretty sure just like many people many people they share their spotify they share their their hbo max their hulu their Mm. netflix all of them do and listen, if, 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 if you don't have friends, steal the shit.
2: Yeah, companies don't want you to do that. <laughs> That's not what, what they're going to want you to say on, on the podcast.
3: Don't complain on the internet. Keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> steal the shit. Get yourself a VPN for $5 a month and steal the shit. Don't complain on the internet. Keep that negativity to yourself. Stay positive. Watch some shit.
2: Oh, man. I can't. I can't. A lot of problems have been solved by complaining on the internet in the past few years.
0: Yeah, but a lot of people have been attacked because of that misdirected negativity,
2: right? True, true.
0: What What do the Ooblets team have any re- anything to do with Epic and the decisions they make, but because they have a deal with Epic, Therefore, thousands and thousands and thousands of people must offer their vitriolic opinion. That is the kind of problem with like, pushing this like, we should complain at these people.
3: And some of those poor people are gross.
2: As I recall, it was because of patronizing and rude language in their blog post about that, where they were like, making fun of people over the backlash.
0: Dude, are you gonna write history on one of the worst things that happened in the games industry in the past two years to an indie dev? They wrote a blog post just
2: about them switching over to Epic. And it included digs at the gamers. Hey, listen,
3: I probably would have digged too. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say I agree with the approach. No, it's
2: already happened, hasn't it?
3: Yeah, it, yeah, it has. It has, because I don't care.
2: No, the, the problem with that <laughs> is that you don't want to go down the Adam Orth Phil Fish school of PR, where you're going to come off as a rude unlikable personality when trying to sell a product to people who have to part with their surgery money for it dude surgery
3: money seriously dude like listen listen this is a discussion we always have mm-hmm. do you think oobless would exist without epic mm. you don't know
2: that do you wait actually yeah wasn't it actually in development before they accepted the deal and they like yes it was yeah had a, had a crowdfunding campaign or something you have to have a
3: something to show you can't just say hey i'm gonna make a game can you give me money
2: i'm reading i'm reading through the blog post because i'm double checking okay that's exactly what mark sworn yeah it is it is a snarky blog post
0: it's it, well i the only thing i can see sne- snarky is they're quoting it's anti-consumer to have exclusives and then they say this is the most common complaint about epic but i don't think people have really thought it through i can understand the frustration of having to buy different consoles to play the games you want Ala George's opinion, but there's no extra cost to use EGS. The store and launcher just require a free sign-up. It's not like having to pay for HBO and Netflix and Hulu to watch all the shows you want. It's more just like having to press a button on your remote to change between the free TV channels. It's like our exact conversation.
3: It's like our exact conversation.
0: It's disappointing to see folks threatening to pirate a game just because they can't get it on the game launcher they're used to. And eventing this opinion, which, as I did last week and also Ala now, resulted in backlash right it resulted in for them on the scale we're
3: gonna get heavy backlash on this one so let's just move on to questions let's
0: do ag ross's one first
3: i'll I'll start us off (laughs) have you ever damaged a console game or peripheral in an embarrassing way (laughs) (laughs) george george do you remember japan
2: (laughs) i i picked this question out of the list because i (laughs) remembered japan
0: Oh, wait, I remember you
3: telling me about Japan. Video footage of me accidentally leaning on a Famicom inside the Airbnb <laughs> in Japan <laughs>
2: and breaking the shell. Like that big system, <laughs> but the shell. A tiny little chair under a tiny little table in an incredibly cramped room where the tiny little furniture was placed next to the Famicom by the TV. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I, I had the video, I was going to record like a little scene or whatever, and I just, I leaned up against it, and it went, I've crack, just like that. Just like that, not much weight, just boom. I've
2: seen that video. You looked like a blow-up doll.
1: <laughs> what do you mean I look like a blow
2: just a perfectly round circular mouth <laughs> and wide oh, open yeah, yeah, eyes yeah,
4: yeah,
2: yeah. like the home alone poster oh my
1: god <laughs> the <laughs> scream painting you looked like the scream i was so
3: scared and then we bought a yeah. new one and then i i remember paying you guys back
2: so so we we had How a cute Japan adventure out of it 90 bucks 90 uh ninety thousand yen right yeah yeah. Nine nine thousand,
0: 9000
2: yen. So yeah. uh oh, we, damn. we we had a cute little Japan adventure out of it though where we went to Akihabara, uh went to the used game stores mm-hmm. and and bought a a Famicom and made sure it was it had the close enough kind of cable connector cuz as I recall wasn't there like an S video hookup or something on there yeah. something special. Yeah. It was modded some way so we weren't actually able to get that guy's original hardware back but we did try as hard as we could to replace it and then we left a cute note Written in Google Translated Japanese. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> and he seemed okay Aww, with you it. you guys. He, was seem o- he seemed okay with it. Yeah. And, and it was not like the Famicom was broken. It's just the shell was broken. Which I'm pretty sure, dude, you could probably go in.
2: What's that place we always go to? Um, Kyle Javelli's 3D Printing Emporium? No,
3: no, it's the one with all the
2: alleys. Where did we go karaoke Was it that Akihabara?
1: Night?
3: Huh? Was it
1: Akihabara?
2: It might be Akihabara.
3: Yeah, it was. Where where the
2: electronic stores had like carts full of screws and transistors. People
3: just walk in with their like broken electronics and you have soldering and all that type of shit just laid out. And and you, you see people with just like these little cubbies of just bolts and nuts and shit and nails. And it's just like, what the?
2: What? You could get anything in that little corner. It was, it was... The history is that it used to be a radio supply uh, oh. mega district. They used to sell radio parts there. And that's how Akihabara gradually evolved into where all the nerds go. And if you go behind the scenes, you can still find some layers of Akihabara where it still looks like it's for building a radio instead of buying waifu pillows. Yeah, it's, I love those little alleys. It was that's really p- cyberpunk. Oh. My favorite, like, like it looked like a, a, a an Arab open air market, except the the bags in front of all the merchants that they were haggling over were full of electronics, like components. I need to get my passport It's It was very weird to see that because we need to go back. That's like a yes. We need to go know, back. The, the, the Where, second when? vaccine is inside me, and I'm actually going to be shopping for those tickets now.
0: Oh baby, Japanese is not vaccinating. Holy shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Is Japan is open for business, though? No is, it, well, no. is it bollocks? They're having a Japanese-only Olympics for the audience. Yeah, see that's, no.
3: see, that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign of us coming over there at this time.
2: The less we
0: talk about the Japanese vaccination, say, like, <laughs> so, look, we went from spending a year insulting America to now we can spend a year insulting Japan because it's so far behind on the vaccines.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> when you guys are going to be partying, I will I will be crying. We're hoping for fall. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be partying before then, but
0: sorry, I just wait, I wait want to I w I wanna <laughs> yes. I wanna
2: tell you about my broken
0: yes, console. Right. I didn't
2: yeah.
0: I didn't do it, I didn't do it, but my cousin did. Mm. Oh Daniel, my cousin Daniel, if you don't remember when we were seven, well, you were five and I was seven, you spilt milk all in my Sega Mega Drive. Oh shit. Not only did it not work ever again, it really smelt bad, too. Mm. I was really upset.
2: I have a dad question. Did either, of you, did either of you cry over this spilled milk? Wow. That's it, guys.
0: I'm out. I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. I, I think I've said
3: this before, but just in case. I was going to mention it during the Persona 3 talk, actually. So this actually works. Uh, I didn't finish Persona 3 back in the day. Because I had this friend called James that used to live by me, back in high school, and he, I would always, he, he didn't have consoles, so I would always let him borrow. But every time I let him borrow my console, he would break it. Every motherfucker, time I let him borrow my PS2 with Persona Three, it broke. That's why I didn't finish Persona Three. I also let him hold my Xbox. It broke. Red ring. What,
2: what? What did James do? He
3: he never disclosed that information. See, the thing is, he would say, "I, I don't know, man. It just it just broke." And I was just like, "The fuck!" I was so irritated, so irritated.
2: What what happened to the PS2?
3: I just took it back. I just took it back. I don't know if I um. I traded it in to like Multivest, which I, I always talk about. My my local game store I grew up with and probably traded it in because they fix stuff all the time. I probably had him fix it or trade it in for a new one. I can't remember what I did. But uh, Red Rings are easy to fix and, and whatever he did to PS2, I don't really remember. I, I might have let him keep it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it was a long time ago. And yeah, so that's. So fuck those guys, okay? Spilled milk guy and
2: uh, next-door neighbor yeah, guy. Daniel, I'll find you. When I was an adolescent turning into a teenager and learning how to take computers apart and put them back together again for the first time, I broke my computer's power supply by sticking a screwdriver inside it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have
0: another one, actually. Sorry, I have another. So I used to have a PSP, and I used to take it everywhere because I used it as a music player as well as playing just, uh, te- uh, Tekken Dark Resurrection on it, which is a fucking amazing fighting game. So back in when, you know, we all had MP3s, right? So my MP3 was my PSP because I had, like, I-, I think it was a 512 megabyte memory card in it. And <laughs> one, <laughs> one winter when I, I must have been 15, 16, I went sledging with the PSP in my pocket. Oh.
3: Okay, and I, mm. I went down
0: to one okay. of the steepest hills in Wales <laughs> in my town, Wales. and rolled right off that thing. Popped the screen on the PSP, and it had like it just literally the screen was fucked. It was like colored. Yeah, I hate it was that. Broken I hate as hell. that look.
2: It Fuck, I hate that It can look pretty look. sometimes with the water. There's, there's thing leaks. some some fortunate. <sighs> yeah,
0: yeah. It just it <sighs> was it was done. So I went home and I said to my mom, it was broken. And she was like, "Why?" And I was like, "I don't know. It just it just
1: happened."
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she was like, "Oh my god!" And she she went with me to the store with the receipt and was like, oh. "This just stopped working," oh. <laughs> and they replaced it.
2: They did. They they,
0: they did. I got a new PSP. Not oh, only that,
2: you got away with murder. Not only that, I got the new PSP
0: model. Was it the three thousand? Oh, yeah, 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 At the time, uh-huh. with the other screen, I got the I got the new model three thousand. Fight the power,
2: Liam. Way to fuck over the man. God, <laughs> P- PSP was one of my I know, favorite right? handheld
3: consoles. Man, it was amazing. Yeah, I used to hack it. I'm not gonna even lie. I bought games, but I also hacked that shit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, About a decade after I I stuck a screwdriver into my computer's power supply, I I was building my second computer and should have known better, but I ended up tearing a piece of uh, PCB board off of the motherboard because I thought it was packaging tape. (laughs) So I guess I'm just not allowed near computer hardware. (laughs) <laughs> like, like I remember thinking to myself, this seems really hard to take off. Am I really supposed to be doing this? And then I, when the computer would not turn on, I I had my first guess why. Oh, man. Memories are just flooding in. You got oh, another the, one? <laughs> the good old Do you days. have more no, friends no, no,
1: who no. broke consoles? I
3: was thinking about, thinking about uh, when I was playing Super Mario on my PSP. Just all sorts of shit. You could just... <laughs> You naughty bastard. Mario. Yeah, yeah. Blending the two together. I, I always thought that was fascinating when I was young. Like, oh, I'm playing a Mario game on my Sony. Like, it's just, you
1: know. Yeah, way to fuck the
2: man.
3: Fuck the man. Fight
2: the power.
3: Yeah, man. Pokemon, all sorts of shit, man. It worked perfectly, too.
2: God. I don't remember how it happened, but I do have memories of one of my NES controllers being covered in syrup. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I I, don't remember how. It, I was like seven or eight. This is one of my way earlier, early childhood memories when I might have plausible deniability as to why I would apply syrup to a game controller. But I just have memories of me being upset about my controller being all sticky from getting too much syrup on it.
0: Wow, We are terrible people.
3: I, I feel like that's the thing that you often say is your peripherals getting sticky.
1: Oh. Yeah.
0: Uh, oh, is
3: God. Your, it was, is your, it your VR destiny. headset like sticky right now? Mm. Uh, I don't.
2: It's definitely got that like sweatiness mm. that they tend to develop after a, a year, don't you know? You, you, you put it on and you kind of smell it a bit. <laughs> Fucking gross, dude. Well, that's why you keep the, the wipes around if you have friends over. <laughs> <laughs> Next question Whoa. Begging Blue says that I just learned that Gravity Rush's full name in Japan is Gravity Days slash Gravitational Dizziness colon The Perturbation of Her Inner Space Caused by the Repatriation of the Upper Stratum. What? Normally, I only see messy Japanese games like this on light novels and manga. What's up with that? What? I don't know. Japan likes to name things terribly. Yeah, Matt, you've never seen this stuff before? There's a lot of really wacky Japanese names for things.
3: Well, I've I've seen gravity rush but I've, i haven't seen their real name before oh, that gravity rush I... is
2: such a better name than Gravity days that gravitational dizziness colon the perturbation of inner space caused by the repatriation of ultra stratum you know it doesn't roll off the tongue like gravity rush does
3: no it doesn't
2: oh gravity days so yeah they probably just actually call it gravity days don't they uh, in japan they do uh so so when do they use the full name like just for store listings like, does anyone say that with their mouth? i
0: probably just remarking, uh, you know, it's usually, it's like colon, subtext, subtitle thing,
2: usually. Uh, you know, like, Japan
0: doesn't know how to name things, because in Japan, naming things like that is considered to be cool. Therefore, we get the Kingdom Hearts nonsense, right? They use a lot of English words, they use a lot of French words, they use a lot of German words, they use a lot of Italian words. It's considered cool to be using global words, right? or they have long names. And you got to remember, so the one thing that people don't realize is that this second part, I'm not 100% sure, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was written in kanji, for example, right? And you got to remember when you look at kanji, you can fit a lot more information yeah. into kanji in like 3 or 4 characters. Whereas then when you then when you spell out this kanji, it means an incredibly long sentence, right?
1: Because that's the only way you can translate it into English. So take it with a pinch
2: of salt. When you go to the museums in Japan and you read the plaques, the English section is like three paragraphs long. And then you look at the Japanese section and they have like four lines.
0: That's why subtitling for movies in Japan is um, kind of a difficult thing as well, because You know they cram so much information in short lines and then also they just sometimes have just one kenji and there's like a really long sentence happening and they're just staring at one kenji because that one kenji contains all of the contextual information required in that sentence
2: so how long does it take to say the full proper title of gravity rush how many how many seconds i'm uh trying to find it on the internet and i'll give it over to you so you can pronounce it correctly but i am curious in how long it takes to say in japanese well, if you find it, then yep. I would yep. a- attempt to tell you. Uh, Here we go. I'm going to copy-paste it to you now.
0: Wait, hang on a sec. That's a lot of Kenji. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh Gravity Days. Juryoku teki Me mai. no kikan ni oite kannojo no uchuu ni shoujita shetsudo. that.
1: Yeah, that- Imagine saying that really fast at the end of a commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Japanese. Man, they really gotta squeeze all that into the commercials, huh? Wow. (laughs)
2: That's uh that's 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 fun. That's cute, that's funny.
0: Oh, it's Uchu, not yeah, sorry. Romanji is really hard to read sometimes. Uchu Bracket, you'll be able to, bracket, wherever you are, Discord user, you'll be able to read that better than me. But yes, uh, I don't know. I probably, uh, Kanji retains a lot more information, but that is ridiculously long.
2: In the spirit of the question, I googled up some animes with ridiculously long titles and found one. katsushika <laughs> ku Kamare ko in my
0: hashutsujo the movie 2 ufo should i
1: tornado daisakusen <laughs> i can't believe they they
2: i i would want to like i almost want to learn japan japanese just so i can confirm whether or not they actually say all that when they have to do a commercial <laughs>
1: <laughs> probably like I, I'm also realizing how hard now it is to read Japanese in
0: English letters. It's like a, it's like a Cinco product. I, I never have to do that. It's so hard to read Romanji. Like all the pre- pronunciations all over the place. This is really weird. I just learned a new word. Sorry. I just realized I learned a new word, which is "sitsdo," <laughs> which means per- <laughs>
2: perturbations. <laughs>
1: So the, the, titles,
2: the titles of Japanese media are so long that they can be a vocabulary lesson in and of themselves. Yeah. Speaking of, of beautiful, elegant writing, Luis Guillermo says, What are your favorite small-scale pieces of writing in video games? Every now and then some lines, some quotes, and some phrases come through that are as good as any other mediums.
1: Do you like my sunglasses?
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Snake. <laughs> Do you like my sunglasses? Metal Gear Solid
2: (laughs) is going to be full of those, but I I, I wanted to veer away and do a bit of Final (laughs) Fantasy. One of my favorite lines in all video games is at the end of Final Fantasy IX when they try to end on an upper on a more optimistic note and they say, no squalls or clouds are going to hold us back. And it's just like, oh no. it is the funniest, like least subtle, but also like kind of like it, it worked on me in, in a really good way when I was a kid playing through it. Like I actually felt uplifted and inspired and got a bit of goosebumps. I like the ending to A Short Hike
0: a lot. It's just oh, a phone yeah. call conversation, and it's beautiful.
2: Yeah, every every word in that game counts. Just the hello,
1: Oh, love it. Bullet storm by people yeah. can fly. I think yeah, it's developers.
3: Yeah. My ass is tingling with anticipation. Is <laughs> 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 <It's> the line <laughs> my ass is tingling with anticipation? It was like it was. <laughs> it was said very aggressively.
2: It was. Quite nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That game was was full of them.
3: There's
0: a lot of that kind of dialogue in like, um uh, Suda 51s games, right? Like, have you ever played Shadows of the Dam? No, no. The oh, dude, there's I a lot of that kind of die.
2: thing. oh, my.
1: suck my balls. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's great. Well, okay, but what about like like beautiful? Beautiful I mean, What stuff. about serious? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What about like like what, what 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 writings? You know, made us maybe feel uplifted and inspired and. That's video games,
0: kick- bro. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 I'm pretty sure there is one. There's definitely some, but they're not memorable. I right? can't.
3: Yeah, I. It's not stuck in my brain like Outlast, where where the doctor was chasing you, buddy. Where are you, buddy? <laughs> buddy. Jason. Jason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> Fuck that game. <laughs>
0: Because I think this this is quite a thing. Because most of them have to come from they have to come from cutscenes, right? Because otherwise you won't remember them if they're in video games.
3: What about All of Tomato? Isn't that game amazing?
0: Senator Senator Armstrong from Metal Gear Revengeance
2: Rising, make America great again. It, but but that's that's <laughs> fun. That's camp. I'm trying to think of like examples of something more more you know serious and. It's hard, isn't it? It's funny because like the, whatever message Papers Please says is so much more efficient than a message that a video game is going to convey with words and stuff. I do remember some lines, especially from Kumo in uh, Disco Elysium, about um, how how Kumo does not respect police authority because police can't do shit to Kumo. I remember the um, <laughs> anti-arresting tactics that gangs were using in Disco Elysium by like, Twisting around their confessional statement to make it sound like everyone is saying it and they can't arrest everyone at once. I remember um, a lot of good twine games from from 2012 by uh, the the slime Queen Porpentine, where uh, she would create these ridiculous scenarios where you play as glitter Queen Taylor Swift blasting haters with with laser energy. Yeah, no, it's out there. it's 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 out there. It just. It just takes a little harder to think up of the examples. Yeah. Like uh, video games can be a more literary format, but they're so diverse. Like they really, I really do think that like just calling them video games makes you want to lump them all into the same category of similar things, but an RPG or a text game will inevitably have more of a focus on its literary merits than a, than a papers, please. Then, then even an artsy game with a deep message that you have to read through gaming lang- language, is uh is still a fundamentally different experience from so many other products that still make it to to some degree of of renown on them on the market or the artsy scenes. Yeah. Thought provoking stuff is not common.
3: But it is there. Like Final Fantasy uh fourteen, where that guy reveals that he killed Taltana. It was me. Just like little moments like that. Those are the moments that stick in my brain the most, because I'm not going to like, I don't know, like it's rare that games are trying to be that serious.
2: Hmm. I'm also remembering Planescape Torment and a conversation that's very important midway through the game where a character asks you what defines the nature of a man. And you have like a list of 12 different options that all will get you going, huh? Hmm. Uh, those old interplay games, those old interplay isometric RPGs were, were full of, full of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I think we also remember Andrew Ryan's, uh, monologues. Would you kindly. A man chooses, a slave obeys, would you kindly, because it's a video game and I'm the level designer. (laughs) (laughs) Last question is Jonathan. I've got a question for you guys. Do you have any favorite examples of IRL game design? Two examples to explain what I mean is how, in football, players have to use their feet for both movement and for playing, so like in so many dual-purpose mechanics in games, like in Downwell, in order to get better at shots or passes or ball control, you will have to sacrifice movement and vice versa. Pretty much a staple in game design. Another example is drifting in various racing sports. The lead racer has to deal with most of the wind resistance, so staying exactly behind a car in front means you face less air resistance, allowing you to achieve higher speeds and overtake. This is a simple negative feedback loop slash comeback mechanic, similar to Call of Duty Modern Warfare's death streaks. Totally fair point. I mean, the two examples you gave are sports, and sports tend to have
0: intentional rule design by purpose. Anyway, sports are like the best things to make video games of anyway because they have clearly defined rules that you don't need to break.
2: They are video games' ancient ancestors.
0: Yes. They they essentially are the original video games. <laughs> they have clearly defined game theory and rulings. That's why they're so popular.
2: But uh, you know, game design, uh, so many other aspects of art are informed by the h- human condition and the human bodies. And I got a huge dosage in how these sacrifices are made when doing my bike trip. Like one of the think reasons. About- oh yeah, go go.
0: No, I was just thinking about think about jobs. Right. Think about how many video games emulate jobs or having a job because of the the feedback loop of doing
2: something in return for a reward. You know, video games are broken machines that you do work to put back together. And boy, oh boy, does that seem more and more real the older you get. Um,
3: I mean, leveling up, leveling up your
2: your life, your body, your body. Your body yeah, is what, a negative, work out? Is, has feedback loops. I yeah. absolutely got a dosage of this in my bike trip, how uh, the the little bits of inventory management and and caloric management, you know, calorie counting, making sure you have enough energy for the day is stuff that all was uh, very, very interesting decisions to make that did remind me of a video game. And I think that's why I have a higher tolerance for shitty eating and drinking systems in games. It's because my brain's in a, in a unique place where I can connect that dots with... Uh, irl biology and nutrition i was watching a documentary on uh the history of maths on curiosity stream where they were talking about how the we have a 10 base numeral system because we have 10 fingers if we had evolved to have different amount of fingers we'd have different math and thus different video
1: game designs.
2: So, so yeah, I think a lot of video games are actually inspired by how our bodies work in, in ways. School is school is persona game design. Oh my gosh, yeah, got a reminder. Social
3: Matt. links, you know. Yeah, don't buy it. Don't buy it, Royal. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. Oh, buy it, Matt. <laughs> God dang it! I got work to do. No, can't can't devote a hundred hours to a game. But Matt, that would be intentional level design. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you're gated. They are gating you from a fulfilling, rewarding life
1: and a productive work schedule. You
2: have to get over it to then
0: level up
3: in your life, man. Oh, Village is going to be significantly shorter, and I'm going to play that.
2: Dude, I love how short the Resident Evil games are. Yeah.
0: When Um, is that coming out? Friday?
2: Yeah, it's coming out Friday, man. I'll be there waiting. (laughs) I'm not pressing the button unless I see a... A bunch of nines on the Metacritic page.
3: Who else is going to be waiting outside of GameStop at a at, at Thursday at 12 p.m.? Huh? 12 a.m.? 12 a.m., sorry. 12 a.m.
2: <laughs> Dude, we're all too old for that shit. <laughs> yes. I don't remember the
3: last time I did any of that shit. It's, it must have been years, man. I did it twice,
2: and I didn't get the appeal the both times I did it. I used to do it a lot back in the day. Kind of felt like I'd be playing the game the next afternoon anyway. Yeah, we'll sit out there, and you'll see a bunch of people who also want to play the game, strike up a conversation. It was a
3: nice little community thing.
2: Oh, that's right. You have social skills.
3: <laughs> <laughs> There's some people there that we don't have social skills, and so you just got to poke them a little bit. You gotta.
0: That's another level design tackle.
3: Like, hey, George, how you doing?
2: <laughs> Not enough people realize that social skills are like an EXP bar you got to fill that you level up in throughout life. Yeah. I I also, yeah, got the dosage of that on the bike trip. The bike trip really, really, really helped me out.
3: Yeah. Having social skills makes things a little bit more fun, I would say. I remember going
2: ATVing when I first got here. And, you know, like, people just pulled up. Probably correlates with a longer life expectancy, to be honest, having good social skills. Like, that is how our bodies are built. Yeah. I wouldn't have the jobs I get
3: now if I... Didn't have social skills, that's for sure. Man,
2: and video games typically do such a bad job too of what actually is going through your head when you're having a conversation with someone. Like, I really uh want to see more games have more unique dialogue systems, like how in Outer Wilds you kind of translate uh individual words with the mm. with the other characters sometimes. There's a game that that's like all dialogue, and
3: it's like oh. during a time where it's um with George Washington and stuff like that. And so this like, you, you might be interested in that, George, you might want to look that up. I'll send it to you.
2: Dialogue, even, even talking to people, even social skills still demonstrate a lot of the same feedback decisions of having to weigh a a, a consequence against a penalty. Like it's all, it's all an expression of what it means to be human, <laughs> even video games. And I think that's beautiful. It's beautiful. like one of the reasons I really can say I enjoyed Umarangi Generation, even though I did find it frustrating to play, is that it ultimately did capture the frustrations of, a, of an experience that it was aiming to do as, as art. Yeah, photography can, can get turned into a video game just as well. Shigeru Miyamoto once said, the most inspiring things are those that come from his garden. So
0: you can make a game out of anything. As long as it has defined rules, an intentional progression mm-hmm. system,
2: you'll be great. Pokemon is bug collecting.
0: It's why playing games doesn't necessarily mean you're a game designer, because there's so much inspiration out there
2: from other sources. And uh, Zelda is is cave exploration.
0: Yep. Pikmin Garden. Zelda exploration. Star Fox is this weird-ass-
2: Dark Souls is getting over a
0: breakup. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) The minefield. Of text messages is every enemy. Yeah.
2: We, uh, we, we covered a shitload of ground this week, huh? But anyways, yeah, no, we we, sh- we should go. We should wrap. We, we we had our time. We had our run.
1: We
0: did a heck of a job. We, we,
2: we had the good, the bad, the sad, the funny, the romance, the suspense, and the action, and the drama, and now we're rolling the credits. The curtain
0: has called for one last time. <laughs> Thank
2: you. Thank you for listening, everybody. Yep. Hope you keep coming back week after week after week. After month. After year. Thanks. Thanks to uh, you, you two, Matt Visual and, and Liam, Liam Edwards. After
3: a year? How, how old are we going to be when we're doing this? Are we going to be like 40 and still doing the dance in this podcast? Are we actually going to have sons
2: while we do this podcast? This is podcast? what Umurangi <sighs> Generation did to me. That thing was helping oh me cope God. with <laughs> extremely negative emotions and experiences. And that's why I feel like it's so cool.